This is going to be the thing with one head today. We're doing a special episode that pertains to the world of conventions and booking agents and promoters. And so I've invited a few of my friends who are also booking agents um, that have their own agencies like mine. And we're all just going to discuss what it is we do and this and that and whatnot. And it's not really Chris's world and he's busy working on Exorcist right now. So I thought this could be a fun little, you know, sub episode fall in there somewhere. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this and uh, let's see how it goes. Hey, Sean. Hello. Waiting for, clear. Let's see. There's Rick just waiting for Fred. Okay. Yeah. When you, when you texted us at five eighteen and said, I'll send it right before we go on. I was like, um, I think I better double check the time with them. <laughs> What's up, man? Look at all you guys. You guys got all your shit in the background. You got <laughs> what, stuff. You got a backdrop for this. Yeah, you, you look like you're like in a FedEx storage room. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 10,000 photos for these fuckers. <laughs> I've got yeah. many shelves like that. That's in my garage, though. Yeah, well, I got I to gotta store all these damn photos. I got another whole fucking thing of go. them over there. Yep. Yep. Closet full of them here. Well, you just you, you haven't been there that long, though, Rick. Like you're not really like fully situated yet, are you? In this house? Yeah. No, I've been in this. I've been in this house for like three years now. Oh. So Your office is like so plain. Now you don't have like Conan stuff on the wall. No, that's in my. Uh, I have a Conan room just through the door here. Oh. So I just got back from the tattoo place the other day or mm. yesterday. I went up and got a new Conan tattoo on my arm. Oh god, you oh, probably can't see. Put this on silent. Oh wow. That looks pretty badass. Yeah, it's the hold on, I might be able to do it better by uh Fred's here. There he comes. I don't know if you could see that on my phone. Uh probably not. Anyway, not. it's the it's the snake that Thalsa Doom turned into. <laughs> He's uh, got the hat on. He's already <laughs> already know bro oh god that that thing looks brand new no nah, it's my old one. this is the one i wear all the time the super bowl ones i those are on the way what is that like a native american arrow exactly here we go. <laughs> that's racist yeah that's gonna be called you can't culturally appropriate that shit man <laughs> how is it racist okay it's i racist. don't know man that's it just is it's just it it upsets me so we need to change it <laughs> and i'm not it you lighting, know is, is my lighting bad or should i put a light up yeah you're fine you're i see you fine. fine yeah so i'm dominic mancini i run full empire promotions uh started in 2008 and some of the names i book billy zane the american horror story cast you know the cast of et some of the x-files people nick carter so on mm -hmm. um you know, more horror than anything. Yeah. Um, my name is Rick Hendricks. I own and run Iconic Inc. Management. I'm probably most known for repping um, almost the entire cast of Cobra Kai slash Karate Kid. Uh, I rep a good portion of the Stranger Things cast, including Gaten and Caleb and Finn. And um, just recently started uh, getting a lot of uh, heat because um, I'm, I'm repping a good portion of the cast of Dexter as well. Um, I've been doing this for 13 years, uh, 17 if you include when I was a sports agent before this. Uh, Fred Hernandez, um, co-owner, primetime appearances with Gilbert Boyes. 
um, rep most a lot of Sons of Anarchy guys, Kiefer Sutherland, Jason Patrick, some Power Rangers. Now we got all of a sudden we got like 30 anime guys and girls. So that's really <laughs> take that that that's the new world for us too. That anime. It's just crazy. But been doing it since 2017. I originally wasn't an agent. I was a booker and then got screwed over, which I think we'll get into about, you know, some of that stuff. <laughs> got screwed over and said, now nah, never run a con again and up being an agent, which is funny because the first guy I ever con uh, contacted was Rick about doing that. So, <clears> about doing course. about being an agent. Yeah, because I didn't want to be an agent. So, I mean, I guess, we, yeah, we're just shooting the shit. So, yeah. So w when I first became an agent, I was, I'll tell the story. I booked for Alamo City Comic Con. That's, I worked with all three of you guys, actually. I worked directly with all three of you guys before um, Apple took over. But I worked with them. Long story short, got screwed over. But I came to Rick because I had booked a client directly. Um, I booked Judith Hogue, who was the original April O'Neil in Ninja Turtles. She didn't have an agent. Just emailing her, booking her for Alamo City. True story, man. This one conversation changed my whole life. We were at uh, the hotel, the Indigo, that we used to all hang out at. We were there. She had a good weekend. I don't want to get into how much she made, but she had a good weekend. She was like, oh, my God, I thought this was I was going to be sitting next to, you know, the people from the Brady Bunch. That's what she thought were at these things, because back then, remember, that's we used to just do them. Mm -hmm. And she goes, oh, this is pretty cool. I could do this. And I was like, sweet. Well, I know some agents. I could hook you up like with any of these guys. I, you know, and she goes, well, you kind of seem like, you know what you're doing. Why don't you do it? And I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to be sitting on the phone talking to promoters all day. I ran it by Rick and Rick's exact words were, fuck it, go make some money. And I was like, fast forward, man. And, you know, look at look at us now. So now yeah. I want 10 percent of everything. <laughs> Believe me. Advisory fee. Yeah, I feel I feel like that and like celeb photo ops. It's like I should be getting a cut. I I, I hooked you guys up with almost every show you work with. God damn it. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, I'm Sean Clark. I run Convention All Stars. I've been doing it about 20 years. Work with a lot of cast of The Walking Dead, like Norman Reedus, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, tons of the Halloween stars like Jamie Lee Curtis, Nick Castle, Screamcast, Matthew Lillard, Nev Campbell, and so on. So, hey guys, thanks for jumping in on this today. I thought this could be a fun, it'll probably just turn into a bitch fest of us bitching about everything <laughs> that bothers us about every convention and everything out there. Um, but yeah, I just thought it, you know, I get a lot of questions, you know, because I have my podcast that I do with Christopher Nelson, um, who he's not going to join us today because this is not his world at all. He, you know, he can't relate to any of this. He doesn't know about any of this stuff except for being a guest occasionally at a convention. But I get a lot of questions, you know, why do you do this? Why are things this way? Why, you know, and I just thought it would be a fun sort of just, we all kind of talk amongst ourselves and explain to people why things are the way they are, why things are priced this way, why they'll only do certain photo ops, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. Why we won't do certain shows, whatever, you know, yeah, the yeah, rivalries, yeah. the the fucking territories, the everything, you know. I mean, there's so much politics and drama that goes into this business that people don't have any clue about. Let me turn my fucking ringer off. Yeah. People don't have any clue about. And, um, you know, I, I, I think people like it when you're transparent. I think the fans appreciate it, you know. Um, <clears throat> and also, to give an idea of how much effing work we do i mean i think people especially i like to use the term fanagers 
like to think it's just, oh, let me contact a celebrity on Instagram and, you know, it, it happens. It all just happens. It's that easy. Man. They work. You know. The managers work for like six days and then they decide that, oh, man, <laughs> I can't even believe it. I, I, this isn't just like one big gigantic green room. And then they then they go away. So. They don't, yeah, they work. Work. They like they don't even days. know what a green room is. <laughs> no, they work on contacting everybody else's clients is what they do. Yeah, yeah that too. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that too. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's, let me, let me kick off a, let's kick off a, a topic here. Let's start with one. I think that that should be touched on that we've all had to deal with as you know, we've been doing this a, a long time now. Um, the, the, sudden interest from the big agencies to open personal appearance divisions these same agencies that shit on us and our business for decades suddenly want to steal all our all our work you know and our clients that they've been representing for other things and they suddenly just think oh you owe us you should jump ship because we clearly know what we're doing it'd be like asking one of us to to book a film you know, we wouldn't have exactly. a clue, you know, but exactly. anyway, what's your guys' take on it? Who wants to start? I think Rick has a few thoughts. I know Rick's <laughs> probably got the most on that. <laughs> you think? Well, you yeah. listen, it's, it's funny that you say, you say that line about, about, you know, movies. <clears throat> I mean, there's probably a handful of managers that I partner with in mm-hmm. this no agents there's 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 no agents i mean listen yeah. they don't want to partner with me just like i don't want to partner with them but no agents at like caa or wme they, they don't want to partner with any of us they just they want to do it on their own yeah. now managers are a different story for you know for a good part they're looking <clears throat> for someone to part partner with so i have a group of, of managers that i work with that i find to be great <clears throat> now do i do a lot of this stuff direct probably 90 percent of it is direct and and you know sometimes managers will ask me they'll be you know when they're looking for somebody they'll be like oh well maybe we'll just let WME use that do this and I, and I use that line where I say you know they know about comic cons as much as I know about the movie industry which is nothing I don't know what's supposed to be in a and movie I know enough to know about the contract. movie industry that I don't want to do it yeah I don't know anything about that in yeah, fact exactly. When when God bless him, the late Rob Garrison was gonna go get on Cobra Kai, he didn't have any representation, so they called me. And God, I I don't I didn't know what to do. I called Gayton Matarazzo's manager Peggy uh, Becker at Parkside Towns. Like you gotta help this guy do this television contract because I have no clue on how to do this. I don't want to lose it for him, <clears throat> you know. So I, I think that everybody has a specialty. Except I think in a lot of the cases, the, those guys at those big agencies don't respect our specialty because it was something that they thought was garbage for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I've and, always heard the word carnies, that word carnies. Yeah, I yeah. heard, um, I think it was me and you, Rick, we were out one time and we had this one manager that we work with. And it's kind of funny because it's full circle stuff. Like I think me and Sean, we had been in a couple like LA events at the same time, you know, like Walking Dead stuff, things like that. I remember I ran into this manager that was like, what are you doing here? I was like, what are you doing here? You don't have anybody. You don't rep anybody at this show. And I remember getting word back that we were like these carny managers. Granted, I have no problem cashing a carny check every weekend. So I'm yeah. totally okay with that. Well, you know? I think they called us scabs at one point too. 
Like, been, how are we the scabs when we yeah. built this industry? Yeah. You know? I, I said to uh, a, a an agent from a company that will remain nameless at one time, I told him when he was just, he was just, <laughs> he was just like laying it out on how we were all, you know, bottom of the barrel. What are you guys doing? You know, and I said to him, I was like, you know, you do this with a couple of people now. And I just want you to understand that you live in a house that we all built. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I've been in this for, uh, I think that this year is my 14th year. Uh, I remember going as a fan and seeing Sean set up tables. So he's certainly been doing longer than me. <laughs> and I don't, I, I remember seeing Dom around the same time as me too. So that may be, and then, you know, Fred maybe about like seven or eight years now, Yeah. Um, you know, since, since Alamo began. And, um, you know, we, we were putting all this stuff together when they were trying to tear it down. So don't come and jump up in a house that, that, that we built and pretend that you're going to put your feet up on the coffee table. Cause that's not how it's going to go down. Yeah. To, it's 20 years for me this year. That's, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> my first, the first show I booked talent for was the Halloween 25th convention in 2003. And that's where it kind of springboarded from there. I just always thought that it was ironic that, that, you know, when the money became to their liking and they saw that people were more, ma more mainstream people were doing this, um, you know, and, and, I cover that later, but but the, here's the the reality is this, Sean. You know this better than anybody because I firmly believe that in 2013, Walking Dead, uh, con convention appearances changed the way, yeah, appearances were viewed by bigger celebrities. Yeah, because up until then, it was you know it, 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 I'm not going to say any celebrity is not big because they're all bigger than me. Um, you do you know one film and you're bigger than you know in, in the in the film world than I am. So. But but when people like Norman and Sarah and, uh, you know, just everybody in John Bernthal and all, all those folks from Walking Dead started doing these, uh, I think it legitimized it a little bit. <clears throat> and that's when agencies, I think, started to take notice of who's doing them. When they decided that there was enough money in it to be worth their while, I don't know. But uh, that, that's the part that just turns me off about it is, uh, or about a lot of them is. Again, they they never respected us, and they still don't. But now suddenly they respect what we do. Yeah. yeah, but you know the thing I always found fascinating is that none of those agencies were smart enough to reach out to us. No, nope. you know nope. they just hired a bunch of people internally, or maybe not even internally, that didn't know what they were doing, and said, "Let's open a personal appearance division." And they didn't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, some of them, I, I think some of them have figured it out, but for yeah. the most part, they still don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And the other thing is you take an agency like a CAA, right? They have how many clients? Thousands of clients oh, on, right? At least. I, I bet you they only, for conventions, they only pay attention to maybe the top 3%. All those other people are never going to get a call for a, a personal appearance yeah. ever because they're not going to waste their time. The people at CA aren't going to waste their time with somebody who's only going to make them a thousand bucks in a weekend or something like that. You know, they want the Chris Hemsworth's, the Chris yeah, Evans. Yeah, they want, yeah. they want the giant paydays. That's all they're looking for. Yeah. Um, so we're always going to have a piece of this market. We can't, they're trying to push us out, but they're never going to put the time into the smaller names. They just won't.
you know. No, because they're an incoming, you know that too. They're incoming calls. They're not on the yeah. phone calling, you know, this con and that con. The pitch and, clients. Yeah. 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 They're not out there pitching saying, hey, I got this new guy. No, they're going to wait, like you said, for that phone call for that $200,000 guy. Yeah. And then the guy, you know, my favorite part is when the promoter com- complains about that deal and goes, well, fuck, I should have went to you guys for better deals. I'm like, <laughs> well, I was going to bring that up. I, no, yeah, I love, no, but like it. we've been doing, I mean, granted, I, I mean, I'm doing this eight years now, right? But they all know this. They've been doing it because they've had these shows for 10, 15, 20 years. And they go, shit, we should have went with you guys. And we're like, no, go pay for seven first class flights and three suites. And, you know, you know what I wanted to add to that, though, that I always thought was just that made me would make me laugh is you could have somebody and I'm sure every single one of us on this has gotten this telephone call, but you could have somebody that was sort of just okay, you know, that would do okay. I mean, Sean, you were repping Norman when he was just in Boondock Saints, and that's it. I remember yeah. being at yeah. a show with him and De La Rocca, and there were like seven people in his line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, maybe more than that, but 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 certainly not what it became. Yeah, I just always thought that it was. It made me laugh when you'd have somebody that was, you know, sort of mid level in terms of earning power and 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 you know fan response, and then they would get something that's huge. Yeah, and. Now their their manager or their agent, more their agent, didn't want anything to do with the comic cons before, but now, oh yeah, now that they're huge, wow, God, we got to get on this. Oh, you're our guy. You would let us do it for you, and you know, I'm sure it's happened before, but I've never had a client like let's say Billy Zapka, who is a perfect example in 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 my life, who I've been working. He was my second client I ever had. We've been together for 13 years, mm-hmm. and. And when Cobra Kai got gigantic, I'm sure that somebody in his on his team was like, oh, you should let us do this. I got this deal for you. Yeah, no, Rick's my guy. Sorry about that. (laughs) And, you know, perfect example of what you just said was John Bernthal. I've been working with Bernthal. You know, uh, I met him through Walking Dead, through Norman and them. But his people didn't want anything to do with him back then. But when he got Punisher, suddenly... WME's Colin and that Rosenfeld guy was up his ass like you need to drop Sean Clark and and he was just like bro I've been with this guy for years what are you talking about this is my guy and he wouldn't I mean that guy was relentless would not leave him alone trying to get him to fire me and it's like dude don't you have a pool of like a couple thousand people you can pull from why are you trying to come after my guy Dom did any of that happen with the full house people uh, no, surprisingly not. They, they know, didn't, I, other I, people came came after them. No, no. I mean, I, I was dealing with them direct, and none of their none of their agencies really checked in. Um, no. I kind of expected it with that. Yeah, but it didn't happen. Um, no. So, perfect example about the big companies, you know, WME, CIA, all that, mm. wanting to bring a show to somebody. They brought a show to one of my guys. He turns around, does the show, gets completely screwed. Completely mm-hmm. screwed. Never wants to do a convention ever again. Took four years to convince him to do a show. Finally get him to do one. Then they come running back. Oh, no, no, we can get you shows. We can get you shows. He goes, screw you guys. I haven't, I have an appearance agent now. And that's what, then that's why, that's another reason of why they hate guys like this. You know what I mean? When mm-hmm. again, it's like your job is to go get them on TV, get them a movie. That's your job. Our job is to handle this. And you know this, there are some that like, you know, I know Rick, you directly like have, some people you guys work with, like a manager that when they get another client, they go, hey, 
Rick does really well. I'll hook you up. You know, yeah. that's that's how it should work. But of course, it doesn't. It should be like a referral. You know, yeah, exactly. If you go to the dentist and you have a back problem, the dentist doesn't say, well, you know what? Let me see if I can fix your back. They say, I know a good <laughs> chiropractor. Yeah. It is a referral. Yeah. And man, and Dom, I mean, yeah, you kind of like struck gold there with that full house thing. And then, the, I mean, the what a just complete tragedy to have him oh. pass away out, out of no, I mean, like right when you were starting to work with him, you did one show with him, right? Yeah, one. One show, and oh, I couldn't even go. What's his name that. again? Is the Bob, Bob Saget? Bob Saget. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was I'm I was brain farting there on his name for a second. And that's something we're all having to deal with is is you know losing clients. You know, I mean, yeah. I've lost. I know you've lost several, Dom. I've you know I lost a couple in the last year. Um, you know, and as we get older, those guys that were our heroes that are older than us, you know, you start seeing them deteriorate and pass away and it's just it's it's something i never really thought about dealing with and it it sucks you know yeah well it's, that's kind of the double-edged sword of it you know you yeah. get to know a different side of them which is great and you get to hear yeah. stories and you get to know them personally but then the other end of the sword is you know you you lose them and it feels like a friend or a family member as, yeah as yeah. opposed to you know man i was a fan of that guy just shame he's gone you yeah. know you look at all the personal stuff that you shared so but it's, you it's do become friends with some of these people, yeah. you know, some, some of them, you know, I have straight business relationships with, yeah. but then, you know, I know you were super tight with Scott. Um, oh, he's the best. Yeah, yeah. And we all loved Scott. I mean, he, he was, you know, he was amazing. And, yeah. and, you know, I was super tight with Ted white, you know, I mean, um, you know, but I knew, you know, that was inevitable. The guy was 96, you know, yeah. it was coming. Um, but then I start thinking about my friendships with people like, Tom Atkins or Nick Castle, who, you know, Tom, I think's 84. It's yeah, it's tough. It's tough to, to have to deal with that stuff. Have you lost anybody that Fred? I know. You, yeah, I haven't. I haven't gone through that yet. No, I mean, I, the oldest guy I've worked with, you know, Ron Perlman. And yeah. that dude's still rocking and rolling at 73. You know, you go, holy shit. You know what I mean? And that's the thing, too, is like back to like the friendship thing. We all kind of all have been to dinners together. That's one thing people don't get to see is we do get to do, you know, yeah, we work all day long, but sometimes we go to dinners. I mean, shit, me and Sean, we used to always go watch boxing fights. Me and Rick, I mean, we go out, I've been out to eat with Dom and Scott a bunch of times, you know? So no. we, I mean, just in December, me and Rick went out with, you know, one of my clients, one of his clients, you know, and we, we make these friendships where we, especially us four on this, know like okay this is sean's guy this is you know dom's guy we never cross that barrier of talking shows and things like you know this like i'm i'm buddies with bernthal you know what i yeah. mean like, like you know things like that and, and we we have that professional well, what i'm looking for you know we, we we understand we follow the etiquette you know we follow the etiquette yeah. you know what i mean i mean you know you've you, perfect example bernthal like that's a buddy of mine and, and mm -hmm. but we never like i'm not gonna go pitch to do the fucking show you know what i mean it's like why and that's the thing that in this business we make friendships but there's so many people that want to bring it down you know what i mean well that was that's another topic i wanted to get to is is loyalty and stealing and and the fact that hang on this is ron perlman i'll be right back Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a what a comedian um no it's it's like the four of us here I think we have a code we follow that if I get a phone call 
If I get a phone call from one of your clients or an email or vice versa, the first thing we do is reach out to each other and go, hey, man, just letting you know, heads up, so-and-so just hit me up. Yep. What's happening there? And then we figure it out, you know? I mean, nine times out of the 10, I think we tell the other the the client, hey, look, if they can't get you a show, you know, I can't get, I mean, it's like we're, we, we work with the same people, you know? Exactly. Um, and a lot of times, as this is what we deal with, with the egos that we deal with, is that it's never their fault. It's always yeah. our fault. Because, you know, unfortunately in this business, if you're not a working actor who gets constant work, you know, you're going to run the course eventually, the convention course, and then you're going to try to loop back around and they're going to be like, ah, you know, but then they don't want to hear that. Like, oh no, they, they passed on you. Wait, what? Why? What? What's why? What, what, why are you not doing your job? No, they passed on you, <laughs> you know, they don't want you for the fifth time. Um, and, you know, and unfortunately we deal with that and, and, most actors don't want to hear that, that they're not desirable. Clearly their representation isn't doing their job. And then you watch them bounce from agent to agent. It's like the cycle, you know, but we always respect each other and call each other and, and talk it out and figure it out. You know, sometimes one of us will say, bro, take them. If you can do better, go for it. Or it'll be like, you don't want to do that. You know, there's been times where I've regretted taking somebody, you know, I took somebody from Rick that you know he was kind of like hey, you know maybe you'll have a better chance but yeah. i mean not home not a whole lot and it was kind of like i probably should have just left let that one be but well, sometimes well, well, it makes sense when you have a specific cast like you work with a a uh, cast and you can fit them in to like i had the walking dead thing you have the et thing you have the sons of anarchy thing you have the cobra kai stranger things that you know it makes uh, sense to be able to be packaged with some of those people, you know, yeah. and it's a better sell than, you know, somebody trying to just get added into these already pre-existing reunions, you know? Yeah. But then well, also, well, as we've all learned, there's a point where you only want, it's probably only healthy to have so many of a certain cast because you get to that point where, most promoters don't want to probably go deeper than maybe five people from a specific show. And then there's that one sixth guy that's always getting left out and he's pissed, you know? <laughs> you know I mean, it's, I mean, I remember I offered Dom, I, I threw somebody to you that I thought you would jump on from a specific franchise. And you were like, nah. And I'm like, really? You got all the other people. And you're like, nah. And, the, and then you explained why. And I said, no, nah, I get it. Okay. Yeah. This, this was um, me. Huh? No, me. Oh, Dom. I was talking about the Dom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did I do that with you too, Rick? Yeah, there was once. Yeah, there was one time where you 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 asked, "Hey, do you want to work with this person?" And you know, the, and the person that we're talking about with you and I was a cast member of of Walking Dead, and you know, the problem was was you know, I wasn't considered to be this Walking Dead agent. Yeah. I, you know, I hate to pigeonhole myself and say, okay, well, I'm this type of agent or I, I represent these people, but it's, you know, we all have a, a large grouping of something. And I wasn't the walking dead guy. It was Sean, Dom a little bit. Dom actually had way more walking dead than me. Um, and Juliet, Juliet even had way more walking dead than me. Right. Mm -hmm. So you three were, you guys controlled 95% of the market for walking dead. 
So I have this one person, nobody's coming to me looking for walking dead people. Yeah. And, and, and if they were to come to me to look for her and then I'm saying, okay, well, I, you know, I got to come to the show or something. If, you know, if she's a client that wants an agent there and, and, and can't go herself, well, then the promoter's like, oh, I got to buy a whole nother flight for a whole nother agent. I'll just take one other person from Sean and yeah. I got to buy another flight because there'll be a volunteer there for them. So when she called me and she's like, yeah, I, I think we're going to go with Sean. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's what I would have done. <laughs> that's, well, that, that's probably where I would have gone. If I was walking dead, I'd have gone, I'd have gone to Sean too. So I called well, the- Sean and, and I was like, yeah, you know, this, this actress is going to be contacting you, her manager. And, and Sean respectfully is like, well, what do you want me to do? I was like, take her brother. I mean, you know, I, I, and at the time I didn't really know that it was going to be that big of a, a challenge to get her work because, you know, walking dead at the time was in every show. You couldn't get it. No. Yeah. Well, dead I, th- I think the only reason I said yes at the time was because the unique situation I was in, which doesn't happen often was there was walking dead only conventions that were yeah. all over the place. So yeah. yeah could I pop her into all of these? Sure. But she kind of came in late to the game when they were all starting to kind of go away. So I was only able to get her in a couple, you know? Yeah, um, but I mean, to, to me, you know, to me, it made more sense. If, if, if somebody from, you know, we all have that, that person that we try and, you know, bring along to the game too. Juliet reps, all of these people from the view askew universe. And whenever mm-hmm. she books them, I go in with Joey Lauren Adams. Dom has everybody from ET. Whenever he books the trio, I contact the promoter. I'm like, Hey, I got to see Thomas Howell. I don't think I have anybody that matches up with any of Fred or Gilbert's. Yeah. We talked, remember we talked about something with the uh, monster Mania, remember? Oh, right, right. Yeah. 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 Monster Mania as well. Yeah. yeah. So we all have like that person, you know what I mean? No. It's like, Hey, Oh, Sandy Johnson. You, yeah, you asked, I mean, me, and yeah, Sean you asked me to help her. Yeah. Me, and, me and Sean, we just took a call well, last week about the scream. Remember? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I mean, that, but that's that's the good thing about literally us four. I mean, there's probably a couple more, maybe one or two, maybe. but maybe. <laughs> well, but I mean, that's yeah. what buddies do, though. I mean, again, at yeah. the end of the day, kind of two things. Is one about people with with actual like us managers is there's enough clients to go around, right? That's one problem. Like when you see someone try to put, like, there's enough clients to go around. But we always do that and go, hey thinking about doing this little miniature reunion or you guys doing something, let's work something together. Me and me and Sean took that call last week and he goes, well, this is the shows I'm doing this. And I go, these are the shows I'm doing. I'm like, Oh, perfect. Me and Rick, I mean, I took a phone call and I said, Hey, this client I got, you know, like, that'd be cool. Let me, let me clear it. And we go, Oh shit. They love each other. Like, let's do it. Man. And, you know, hopefully we get to make that work down the road, but that's, that's the good thing is making, it's better to have friends and enemies. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I did the same thing with Rick, with Dexter, you know, he let my guys come along for the ride. Same with, uh, Thomas Ian Griffith for Cobra Kai, you know, he, he, he could have shut that down if he wanted to, if like we had beef, he could have been like, fuck Sean Clark, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it, you know, that's I why you. That, I said that anyway, and still, and still said they could come. Yeah. I've got yeah, pictures. Just, I got uh, pictures of Dan. That's why. No, yeah, we just had a. He did. What was it? Rhode Island. Uh, we just had Paul Hauser with um, Billy and, and uh, Ralph. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, uh, Rhode I mean, Island, Rick. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, there's a group of you that I collaborate with, you know, all the time, and I mean, I probably talk to Gilbert Boyce every day on the phone and we run down the list of just what shows, where are you going? Oh shit. I've never been to that show before. Can I get the contact? Yeah, of course you can. 
Yeah. Or, you know, I've gotten I those calls sent, from you guys. Yeah, I just <laughs> sent a, I just sent an email for for Gilbert. Um, yeah, but you're in every show, Sean. With a, we should, I should be calling you, asking you for some. I know, people. no shit. I think I've I been hearing shit. Day. I haven't been at. Come on. Yeah, I called you today, <laughs> but there there was a show that was looking for some people in in um in Europe. This place called Heroes with this uh, woman named Neil, who's a great great promoter. And I said, worked with them. Yeah, I was like, call Gilbert. I was like, Gilbert's got, you know, Gilbert's got, you know, a bunch of headliners, if you know, if you want and, and get on the phone with them and not coming out here, you know, asking for half a commission or, you know, you owe me this or, you know, buy me steak dinner or something. Shit, we buy each other dinners. Whoever had the bigger weekends buying dinner. Yeah, it's not like I'm owed anything. I don't care. It's I, I would rather further the business I, I sent Dom an email the other day mm. of this guy that's doing this stuff with movie theaters in um in Nashville with C. Thomas Howell. And he's like, Oh, we need some people to come in. I was like, Well, I'm, I'm gonna hook you up with my buddy Dom. He's got a bunch of people from ET and a bunch of other people that match up with C. Thomas Howell. So let's do it. I don't want any money from Dom. I don't want it, you know, want any of that stuff. But it's 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 a we were looking for, you know, you know, a, a word before to describe it. It's just co- it's just you know, collaboration with people. <clears throat> I, I see. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To, to share yeah. this, uh, you know, I lost a client some years ago in 2017. I actually lost a Stranger Things client. And the reason why I lost her was because her manager said that one of the ABCs, you know, one of the agencies was putting a ton of pressure on them to not use me and to use them. Wow. And I emailed that agent over there that ran things. I was like, hey, you know, I already have like six or seven events that want to bring her in. Why don't we collaborate with each other? And, you know, she, I know for you guys, it's just about getting paid and the ego of it. So if you're involved, it quenches your ego. And if you're paid, you're, you're 10% too, it quenches your pocketbook. So everything works out good. They literally sent me a go fuck yourself email. Hmm. It, it literally said, go fuck yourself. In the, Was it in innovative the- by any chance? That was not innovative. No, no, oh, no, no. I've only lost one client to a big agency. And it that was innovative? And it was innovative. And this was probably five years ago, maybe. I've never, ever, and I'm not lying, seen that guy in a convention ever again. Well, I was gonna I was gonna end my story with this person has never done a show since. They did two shows with me in 2017. <clears throat> And they have never done a show since. And it's because WME is asking an outrageous amount of money and perks for them. Oh, you got to fly six of us in and they need two suites and they need, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, metal detectors to get in to see them. And, and they need all this stuff. And on top of it, pay them a quarter million dollars. Oh, we know they can only make a hundred thousand at the show, but we want a quarter million. Oh, sorry, promoter. We don't care you're going to lose 150 grand the deal. That makes no difference to us. Where to me, to you guys, I don't want to see a promoter lose 150K. Of course not. I know how much someone can make at a show. I have a really good idea. I can almost predict that shit down to the dollar sometimes. What someone's going to make at a particular show. And I, I don't just want a small to... percentage of their business. The agencies, the conventions are a small percentage of their business. So they don't care if they go away. Yeah, yeah it's For nothing. Us, it's our business. It's our I business. just... I just took a phone call. I just took a phone call literally two hours ago with this new potential client who tried one or two shows years ago. They told me they signed to do a show. 
they gave him a ridiculous amount of money. And I go, holy shit, I, I can't get that money. Like, no yeah. way. Like, and I, and I kind of want to go to this promoter and say, <clears throat> Hey, you're like overpaying for this person. Granted, it's not my job. <clears throat> it's not my client. But at the end of the day, like they go and say, no, but you know, this they'll go and say, Oh, I'll do that one show that pays me that high dollar. Instead of saying, Oh, I'll take five shows and do the medium and make more money. You know, because someone will go overpay for that. I mean, we've seen that before. Someone goes and overpays for the new intername, you know? Yeah. And they go and offer them and they go, oh, well, so-and-so got me, you know, six figures. I need six figures. And they go, yeah, but you didn't make six figures. And that, and then yeah. that, you know, this, that word spreads throughout promoters. Like five. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a, that is a shit storm. It goes down and no one goes, nope, nope, nope. Don't want them, don't want them, don't want them. And they go, well, shit, how come I can't get any shows now? No, you went and had your. You bankrupt somebody. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had, you see, I mean, we've seen that. I mean, we did a show um, and not to knock shows, but you guys know this, you know how like say a Comic-Con will have a big July show and they go, man, I want to run a November show and November showing the July show. And then they go and go, no, but I'm going to book a headliner into that, that October, that November show. Then they lose, you know, six figures because they thought they could overpay. It's like, no, just have your big show. But I literally took that phone call today of somebody who ridiculously overpaid for his client. And I'm like, I can't get you that money, man. I, I know for a fact I cannot get you that money. Yeah. And that and there's no worse feeling than having to go to the promoter at the end of the weekend and go, hey, they didn't hit their guarantee. Even if it's 500 bucks, I hate having that conversation well, because, I, because <clears throat> I, feel, I feel my job as an agent I work for two people. I work for the the celebrity and I work for the promoter. I want to get them both good deals. I want yep. to, everybody because if we make it work and everybody's happy and everybody makes money, we'll keep doing it. We'll keep yep. you know, it's it's return business. There's a particular agent I'm not going to name his name, but you guys all know him who for years is kind of known as the con killer because he'll take advantage of newbies, yep. throw big guarantees at them. They don't hit him. He makes them pay, and then they fucking lose their houses. You know, they go bankrupt. Yeah. I want to help those small cons become big cons because then they'll remember you, and they'll go, that was the guy that took a chance on me, you know? Yeah. And and they'll be loyal. And we're assuming everybody who's watching this, who will be watching this, knows what a guarantee is because I think okay. a lot of people think the actors are paid. Yeah, what a guarantee is. Act, nobody's getting flat fees anymore, I don't think. Um, uh unless it's just some ridiculous situation, but guarantees are usually paid generally only to headliners. Um, just as a, an assurance that you're going to make X amount of money and the money you make from photo ops and autographs goes towards that guarantee. And if you don't hit that guarantee, the promoter is then on the hook for the difference. So if you had, let's just say a $10,000 guarantee, you only made 5,000, that promoter has to come out of pocket $5,000 to pay that celebrity. Me personally, I only ask for guarantees from shows I'm worried about. The good, the shows I, I know are, are killer, like Horror Hound or Steel City or Texas Frightmare or whatever, I'm not going to ask them for guarantees because I know if you can't make money there, you can't make yeah. money anywhere. All right. Yeah, I think we have we have I think 13 people in Megacon and we had 22 or 23 people in Dallas mm -hmm. and Expo. I'm not taking a single guarantee. I don't have any you guarantees I mean? on my people just, in, Me in Megacon. 
Yeah, no, you just know. Like, no, yeah, you, no, you no, cannot no. make money in mega. That's a show. That's a show where someone who does two days goes, I'll do three days. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Here's the here's the tough part, the juxtaposition <clears throat> with that is that you have people at those shows that you've had and that trust you. They know you know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. So so if I went to a client that would that I've had for 10 years and I say, brother, listen, we're gonna go do Steel City Con. You're gonna kill it. We don't have to worry about a guarantee of any kind. They're like, yeah, okay, Rick, man, whatever you say. We've been doing the, you, you, you wouldn't steer me wrong. But you try to get like a new somebody new, right, to go into a show like that and not take a guarantee. It can be difficult sometimes because they're like, well, yeah, but I need to have it on the books. I have to have it. I have yeah. to have the guarantee. It makes me feel better. I'm like, yeah, but you're gonna triple that amount that you want. Well, I don't know that. Yeah, but I do. Oh, but, but but you you if you know it, then you guarantee it to me. And you're like, and I've done that before. I've actually guaranteed clients yeah, money I've myself. Done that I've, done I've done it. that before. Yep. I've done that before. Done it before. And I I put yep. it, you know, I put it in in writing too. Not you know, not like you know, some I just I'll do it. I put it in writing where the guarantee is going to come from Iconic Ink Management. I've never had to pay that money out ever. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never. Yeah. No. I just knew. You know what I mean? I just knew that. That's see that <clears throat> that's the part. And I guess we're still on the agencies. That's the part that makes me laugh about the agencies because that's the piece that they don't know. Yeah. They don't know what's a good show and what's not. If they have somebody that's supposed to get 50, 60, let's say they got somebody that's supposed to get a hundred grand and steel city or monster mania calls them. They don't realize that they can make that money there. And they ask the same thing from East Peoria comic-con or, you know, and they don't realize that, they can walk into East Peoria Comic Con and not make that money, but they could go into Monster Mania or or Texas Frightmare or someplace and make that money. Yeah, and they don't know the market. They have no, they have no. no clue on the market. They don't even know who to contact. I'm sure to somebody like them, you know these, you know, pencil pushers over there at the agencies, they look at you know, whatever East Peoria Comic Con, Monster Mania, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. They'd probably go Comic Con one sounds more official. Yeah, that one sounds more legit, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, that's the one we want to do. They wouldn't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hopefully I'm not stepping any, on any feet, but like we're doing, we did a, the Christmas con and people go, Christmas Dude, con. I, I had zero well, faith in that. I know, true story, man. We did Christmas con and I was like, Christmas yeah. con. And I talked to, I talked to Wolf, Alex Wolf. Talked to Wolf. He goes, Dude, it's a banger. I yeah. go, Really? I put Mario Lopez in that dude, his line in like insane. And I'm like, holy shit. Like it's a banger. I mean, you know how it is like, you know, not every show is Salt Lake. You know what yeah. I mean? Not every show is the, you know, but you go to a show, like I've said this before, like with Rick, you know, Steel City Con, smaller show, but it's a banger. New Cherry Hill. I got Charlie Hunnam doing Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's also, it's our job. <laughs> to know the market, but it's also to know the show, Yeah, you know, cause you can go to a big market, you know, you can go, I'm, I'll pick a, a market a, like a Boston, right? You go to Boston and say, there's a show in Boston. You're like, Oh, it's a good market, but man, they don't spend in Boston, but they spend 30 minutes away. You know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. People always assume Detroit. They're like, Oh, it's Detroit. It's a, it's a pretty solid Detroit show there. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, well, that's, that's where those agencies, you know, if, if I was going to say to them, Oh, you know, who's who's producing a film? If if you said to me the name of a of somebody producing a film, I don't know whether they have money or not. 
Yeah. I, I have no idea whether that would be a good person to have attached to a movie money wise. So, so again, I, I keep going back to it. They know their thing. I know my thing. It's, oh. it's just unfortunate, you know, sometimes that they just don't feel like collaborating at all, but, but, you know, now the agencies don't have, Dom said this to me on the phone. I remember this clearly when we start, when COVID started and we were all just drinking, it was like, it was like the industry's ruined. We're our whole industry's yeah. ruined. And I got on the phone with Dom because we were t- Dom was starting up his virtual thing that he was doing. And he was going to do it himself. And we were chatting about it. And one of the things I was like, man, this is going to change the industry so much. And Dom said it. Dom's like, you know what? He goes, it's going to make the agency people go away. And he was almost all of those agency people with very. Yeah, they all collapsed. Yeah, they go. all collapsed. They're not going to keep them in the payroll. Yeah, <clears> because <throat> there, there was no need for them anymore. Right. They, they couldn't think outside the box. You know me and 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 Dom and and Jr. and uh, from Zobi Productions and Gilbert. I mean, we were going out doing private signings, setting all kinds. Of, I know Sean was setting up private signings. Fred was setting up private signings. Yeah. I thrived during COVID. 2020 was a was actually a pretty good year for me. So was 2021. Dom said that they were going to be gone, and and literally 90 percent of those folks got let go during that time because there wasn't any need for them. You know. <clears throat> Um, uh, so I thought that that was interesting that, uh, that that's something that Hopefully they're all coming back though. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, they're different people, they're different people yeah. now and now yeah. they just, they need time to gear up again. You yeah. know, the, uh, when the dude from WME got let go, they, they replaced him with somebody else eventually, but he needed years to, to kind of, you know, get rolling and trying to figure it out. And again, they mess up more deals than they actually complete. So to me, it doesn't, you know, it yeah. doesn't really matter. Well, the other thing is, none of those people at those agencies will actually come to the shows no. and, and see if it's successful or not no. and, and no. work, you know, they, they literally will just ship people out. I've heard stories of these agencies shipping celebrities, to the shows, no handler, no photos, no banner, no nothing. No. Just like, Oh, what the, the, I thought you took care of that to the promoter, you know? And, and that then usually in that situation, one of us is there to, to, to be the nice guy that helps out in uh and that situation well, yeah. i mean dom isn't isn't that how i hope i'm not stepping over isn't that how you ended up with billy zane they shipped him out and he got pissed and he's like well you seem like you know what you're doing and he signed with you yeah pretty much right i think yeah. we were in the he same car together broker. he had a yeah broker. we were yeah that's right we were in a car together we were in wales comic-con and the guy was just so pissed because the broker he actually was there, but he wasn't doing shit. I remember. Yeah, he was in the green room. I remember this. He wasn't yeah. doing shit. Yeah. And Billy was talking to, I had never met Billy Zane before. And me and Dom were all, we're all, you know how it is. We're all at the same hotel and shit like that. Yeah. And he was telling Dom, I don't quote me word for word, but he was like, well, fuck, you seem like you know what you're doing. Like, I'm, well, I'm cool. I, with me. Yeah. I approached him and I told him he was underpriced. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, there, there's like voice actors over there charging double what you're charging. You're Billy Zane. Yeah. And he goes, you're right. I am Billy Zane. <laughs> I said, you know, and I said, you could make this, this much money. I could get you five shows right now. Yeah. And we could make this much. And he's like, here's my number. Let's yeah. do it. You just needed Zoolander there to be like, you should be charging more Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like Trump. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm working on my Zoolander impersonation. Right. And, oh, that's, that's how I got Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, I really? mean, obviously I had the, Norman to put in the good word, but he was at a show completely pissed off that nothing was done right and wasn't getting anything. 
didn't they didn't send anybody to work with him and he saw norman with like a a team running around him you know and i actually i i said to him i go hey you know if you want i can i can get one of my girls to sit with you for the weekend and take care of it and nicole nicole i said to her i go go bag that go bag that big fish and she did you know uh, I mean, she, you know, she she made sure he was stoked at the end of the weekend. He's like, I want this kind of service, you know. I, I got Jennifer Carpenter that way. Yeah. I was at a show with Jennifer Carpenter. I had uh, Kayla McLaughlin from Stranger Things at a show. And I walked on and I was I, my, my wife was a big, huge Dexter fan, bigger than mine, bigger than me. And I liked it. Um, and I knew I was man. I, I want to see if I could take a picture with her, which I never do. I never take pictures with anybody. Um, uh, so I could send it to my wife. So I walked over to her table and she had a single black and white headshot yeah. on the table. And I said, man, well, how come you don't have any Dexter pictures or exorcism of Emily Rose? Or And she's like, oh, I, I asked that. And my agency said, well, there's no licensing for any of those photos. So they can't be here on the table. Yeah. I was like, oh. So do you plan on selling anything? And 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 people would go up to her table and then scurry away real quick because they had to go find a photo on the floor yeah. you know, that's being sold. Or a poster yeah. or something. Yeah, and we ended up chatting in the green room and <clears throat> she saw I was attentive with Caleb and knew exactly when their car was going to be there, what time their flight was going to be, uh, what time lunch was, what time their photo ops were, how many photo ops they did, when we're getting paid, all that other jazz. And, and she's like, hey... <clears throat> Here's my telephone number. Call me next oh. week and let's yeah. and, and let's talk. And and boom, that was, I don't know, like six or seven years ago or something. But you know, I think yeah, I mean, that's a story yeah. like that where you just, you know, you're you and the, it's kind of being like right place, right time stuff too, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, that's how I ended up with Rose. That's the guy, uh, or not the guy, this is really called Sean about about Rose McGowan because of Scream. I was at a show with her. Dude, I never met Rose McGowan in my life. Literally sat next to me in a green room. I'm there with my assistants and I'm telling them, like, you know, go do this shit, go do that, blah, blah. You know, just work stuff. And she goes, oh, shit. You kind of seem like you know what you're doing. She's friends with Holly Marie Combs who goes, hey, Rose wants to talk to you. I talked to Rose and she was like, hey, I, I need someone who knows what they're doing. And I said, shit, cool. And don't you I, think that that falls on the talent, too, to call you and say, hey, there's well, other agents approaching me? Well, I think it's both. I think it's both, man. Yeah, it, because, it's... like, for example, like, J- Jason Patrick was with Damien, right? Mm-hmm. Damien, Jason Patrick called me, and I'm, I like Damien. Got zero problems with Damien. I called yeah. Damien and said, "Hey, man, Jason Patrick called me, said it's just not working out. I want to know what's up." And he goes, "Ah, oh, fuck, man." He goes, "You know what? If you want him, you know, yeah." Same with Amy Joe Johnson, the Pink Power Ranger. She, him, and. I guess they had a falling out and he goes, you know, not so many words. He's like, fucking take her. And, you know, but I've always made that phone call. Granted, the people that don't make those phone calls aren't, they're not in here. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. You know what I mean? Like if fucking Ron Perlman didn't want to work with me tomorrow and he called fucking Rick, I know Rick's going to fucking call me. Like mm-hmm. we, we know that shit. It's, it's, it's the people here and, I, and I've had this deep conversation, especially like over COVID. And I've said this shit over COVID. When you realize who were your friends and your enemies and what you did need in this world and what you didn't need, you know what I mean? The fucking stress and the headaches. And I'm not to, not to get too deep, but you go, fuck, I don't need these headaches. Fuck that. Like, I don't need to go through this headache of bullshit. Yo, you're not happy? Fucking go. Go yeah. with someone who's going to make you happy. I just fired a guy. 
you were there, Rick. I fired a guy at Steel City. And I and a guy that everybody goes, holy shit, I'm surprised you worked with that guy for fucking so long as you did the way you are. And I yeah, said, I you know, know. yeah, everybody fucking. And I was like, you know what, dude? My life's too fucking short to be stressed out. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we we all know and not not ego because there's so many fucking egos in this business. We all make very good money. We're very blessed to do what we do, whatever, whatever. Right. But the fucking headaches. Nah, I don't, I don't, I'm I'm done with that, man. I think we've all hit a level that we go. Once you hit that level and say, we're doing good, we don't need those fucking headaches. Yeah. But it's so many fanagers, which I love, we all love that, the fanagers that want to send those emails and want, hey, I got this show, I got this person. Only those clients who don't have your back are the ones that are going to take those emails. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to take those fucking emails and say, oh, this guy's got me a con in fuck Mississippi. I'm like, oh, cool, we'll have fun. And it always comes back around that they'll go do those shitty little cons with those fanagers and then they'll come back like, oh, hey, you know, I, I see Whorehounds doing another show or they're like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe exactly. see if uh, Chris have Chris give him a call. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. best of luck to you. You know, maybe really good coffee shop in Buttfuck, Mississippi, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. I, I, I feel like. I've lost more people that have been stolen from me. <clears throat> I have had a couple of clients actually poached, you know, no. I, I, Chris Majors was one of them that, that, that did it. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like that that client was unsatisfied with what was happening with us. So I've always said this, and I've said this to clients before too. If you're you're never not going to be happy with the quality of my work while I'm doing the booking process. I always have good pictures. I always got a nice banner. I always am either there or have an assistant there. Um, I always know the event, so I know which the you know what the hotel is going to be like, what the venue is going to be like, what the spacing is going to be like. I've had very few people who have done the events that said, "Man, Rick, you suck." Yeah, but I have had people say you don't get me enough. And the fact that you don't get me enough, I'm going to go with somebody else. And for the most part, those, those talents have been correct. I, I mean, I haven't gotten them enough, and it, but it certainly wasn't for a lack of trying. And that, that's where, that's the part that bothers me, if anything bothers me about the process, is that that person thinks that I wasn't trying or that mm. somebody else was more important than me or, oh, you you oh. just want to book Gaten Matarazzo and Caleb and Finn and Billy Zapkin and Martin Cope. You don't care about me because I don't make enough money, which isn't true at all. I, I, I've booked people that, that have made a, a, a fraction of that and still put in the same exact effort, effort yeah. as if I was booking booking The Gaten. same attention, everything, yeah. yeah so well, I've had people, I've had a couple of people leave me. I had somebody just recently leave me um, that ended up going with Chris Carball. Now, Chris called me and he's like, listen, brother, I had this actress call me. She wants to work with us because we also represent a friend of hers. What's up? If you tell me, hey, man, I would appreciate if you didn't do that. He goes, I'll step back and I'll, I'll call her and say, hey, man, I can't do it. <clears throat> and I was like, listen, man, I haven't gotten her a lot. I haven't. Um, and now we travel in the same, you know, same convention world. So I don't know if you're going to be able to do it in, instead of me, but 
if she feels that I haven't gotten her enough, which I haven't, and she wants to try somebody new, hey, man, yeah, and you want to take her, go ahead and do it. Now, the part that bothered me about the whole thing was he booked her at, I think, at least two different shows to promoters that I pitched her to over and over and over again. They always said, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. We need something bigger from you. Well, we need Gaten or we need Caleb. We need Finn. We need Billy. We need Marty. We need Peyton List. We can't take that person. And I'm like, ah, I mean, what am I supposed to do? It's their show, right? I can't force somebody. Yeah. And then those promoters took their took her from Chris. So I was like, damn, now I look like an idiot. <laughs> now you you just uh, you know made valid exactly what she thought. She thought that I wasn't working hard enough, and now you just went and brought her three shows and brought her in, and now she thinks that that's the truth, even though I pitched her to these people. Yeah. So that part bothers me a little <clears throat> bit, but, but there's nothing I can do about it in the end. I have had a couple people poached, and I let those uh, I let those agents know that I knew what happened. And that that I was that you know coming <laughs> that, 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 that someday maybe not tomorrow maybe not next week maybe not next year but you're gonna be like ah shit I should have done that now I look back I probably shouldn't have done that I, I was at a show with uh, Sean I don't know if you this Sean we were in Colorado Springs where I fucking live and there was a girl who was emailing your clients and you and you went up there and talked to her. And you told her about it. Sean I mean, I'll say her. There or I did. No, Sean did. Oh, who? Sarah Elms. Oh, you remember okay. that? She was emailing your clients. She oh, okay. was emailing your clients and offering them shows, and you were, and you went and you know told her. Which again, we got to be careful because we can't look like bullies. You know what I mean? No. But you went up and you were like, "Hey, you got these fucking shows? Why aren't you telling me? You know, I fucking work yeah. with them." Yeah, and I remember that. You know, well, you know, a lot of these people, they think they can just do these things with and and just hide behind their computers and there'll be no there'll be like no repercussions. Find out. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I, I I'm not going to sit in the same room with you and let you think that I don't know what you're up to. I'm going to at least let you know, hey, I'm watching. You know, I, I, I see what's going on here. I'm getting forwarded these emails. So be aware. I, 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 I do like too what Dom said too is sometimes you got to blame the client a little bit too. Because they, oh, for sure. They, they can't be coached. They can't be poached if they don't want to be poached. You yeah. could have 60 agents go up to Martin Cove and yeah. Martin Cove's going to laugh at every one of them like, yeah, I'm not, not, not leaving. Yeah. Me. But yeah. you can have, you know, so those people that, that decide to, to leave you, they, you know, they let themselves get poached in a way. Um, yeah. You know, for whatever reason it is. It, well, it's that's the thing though. They don't get, they don't know. They don't know, like, you know, back to Chris Majors. If he walks up and promises them all this stuff, they don't, it sounds good, doesn't it? You know, you want to offer them five days of the dead shows in five different cities. Wow, that sounds impressive. Five shows, five cities. Doesn't mean they're any good, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, go find out. You want to you find out why I don't work with them? Go find out for yourself, you know? It well, is well, what it I is. That's also what happened with with Chris and the person that he took for me. And, and that client called. Well, uh, they they only called me because I called him out on getting booked at a show. I saw this this actor get booked in an event. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Don't remember booking him there. And I called the actor. I'm like, what happened? He goes, oh, I'm working with this new guy now because he just don't get me enough events. I was like, All right, Well, listen. I said I don't share clients. 
I said, so if that's what you want to do, then you're with him. You're with Chris now. You get mm -hmm. that, right? I, I'm not pitching you to any shows, nothing. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Boy, did he turn up at some tankers. I mean, I don't know what he made at these shows, but but man, I, I know the events and he turned up at some tankers. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, ha ha, I'm not pointing at anybody, but I'm like, well, sometimes, you know, it's like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory, right? Be careful what you wish for. Just might yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's unfortunately they kind of sometimes have to learn for themselves. And it's usually, let's face it, it's usually the smaller names that we're dealing with this shit with because, you know, the good ones, we, we get them the good shows, they make the good money, they're happy. The smaller names, um, they're the ones that are a little more desperate for all of it. Uh, you know, some of them might just be purely ego driven. You know, they just like to be seen, they like to have you know they probably get laid and have a good time get drunk you know whatever Stop talking you about know. dom again <laughs> yeah. but yeah but you know that's the thing it's like you know are we gonna bust our asses to do all that we do to put somebody in a tiny little show that you know they're gonna make a thousand bucks yeah you know and, and, i mean well not a thousand but i mean listen if if, if, if so i've always said if, <clears throat> if there's somebody that wants to do a show and and i know that you're gonna make Three thousand, four thousand dollars to me. That's a that's a small amount. Three, four thousand. Yeah. yeah. Then you could yeah. go, but I, I'm not coming. Yeah. Yeah. I'll set it all up for you from my house and get the flights booked for you, but you got to go yourself. Yeah, yeah but you I mean, let's face really? it. Yeah. Three or four hundred bucks is it's might be worth making those calls. But when you start get, talking about a ten percent commission on a thousand dollars, you can make a hundred dollars. Yeah. My time's worth more than a hundred dollars. I spent you know, more on those fucking. I spent more on those fucking pictures. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, 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 if it becomes a lost leader, if you're going to lose money on yeah. it, no, it's it's not worth it. <clears throat> you know, and, and and the thing is, is that um, you know, I look at again. I, I say the same thing, and you guys could all say this: is that we all put the same effort into every event. There's a, there's check boxes. That you have to do for every single event. I got to get your flight booked. I got to ship you photos. You got to, there's a banner. There's all this stuff that, that it doesn't change event to event. It's the same thing. So if you're going to make X, Y, Z at one show, um, then, then, you know, the expectation is you want to make X, Y, Z at another show, you know, and, and one of the, one of the things that I said to this person that went with Chris, we've been together for a really long time. And I had a very candid conversation with him. I said, listen, man, I said, you're unhappy with the number that you make at a show. But brother, that's your number. Yeah. When you go to a Monster Mania, a Steel City Con, and like two or three other good ones, and you make X amount of dollars, that's your high watermark. You're not going above that. Yeah. So if you're unsatisfied with what you make at Monster Mania, then boy, you're going to be really unsatisfied with what you're going to make at, you know, another one of these, you know, smaller, you know, smaller yeah. events. So sometimes, you know, stop blaming me, blame your IMDB page. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, sometimes it's your work that, that, you know, yeah. I, I took a client to Motor City in 2017, <laughs> 2018. He's like, oh man, I'm not making shit. And I'm like, and I get it. Like, you know, sometimes you don't make it. And he goes, man, I'm just not making anything, man. Like, they didn't promote me right. And you, and you want to, you know, this, you can't just go be like, hey man, you gotta be better. Like, I don't know what to tell you. But if you can't make money at that show, Oh, this is what your number needs to be. You know, this, I mean? this is this is one of my favorites. One of my favorites is when you have and you've all experienced this when a client comes up to you and says, hey, man, you know, they're doing bad. Dude, everybody's telling me they didn't know I was going to be here. 
did they not promote me for this? Everybody. And it's like, what they don't understand is there's like these certain things that fans will walk up to a celebrity to have a conversation. And one of them is, oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. That's their way of saying, I didn't come prepared to buy something from, from you. Yeah. So I now want a free conversation with you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that they didn't know you were going to be there. You were promoted. You're yeah. on the website. Everybody knows you're supposed to be here. Don't listen to what that fan is telling you about, oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. It's, yeah. it's such a line that it's just, it's, it's such bullshit. Yeah, it's an escape goat line. I, I've been kind of on a crusade recently to, st to get promoters to stop posting prices because I've come to find that my clients are going to those websites, looking at everybody's prices, comparing and wanting to raise their prices. So I think that posting prices ahead of time on websites, obviously you can't get around photo ops because yeah. they pre-sell those, but for shows that aren't pre-selling autographs, I, I just feel like it's hurting the industry because it's pushing everybody's pushing everybody up. You know what I mean? Well, if you look, literally everybody has raised prices. Everybody. I know. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't think I have a client across the board, and you're talking, you know, a hundred at least that have not raised their prices. Yeah. Granted, we do have some other um, voice actors and stuff who other voice actors that weren't prime time were like, "Hey, I'm going to charge twenty five dollars for a pop. I'm going to charge this. I'm going to charge that." And you go, "Oh shit, this is going to trickle down." I knew it. I told Gilbert, who's my business partner, I said, this is going to trickle down. Watch, give it less than a year. And sure enough, man, it's $75 for this or you know, voice and message and a video message and, and all this stuff to where it wasn't like that. But yeah. because other people started doing it and then they started posting it. But yeah, I agree. I mean, with the exception of photo ops. I, I mean, mean granted, I it helps the attendees because they can plan their budget. Yeah. But I think that's the only good, that's the only good thing about it. I, yeah. I was going to, I went to my first convention in 1988. All right. I'm old. All right. And I, I went to conventions for over a decade. Never once did they post a price for anything. I came with the amount, the money I was able to spend my budget. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, budget. this whole, I need to budget shit out. If you need to budget shit out, you shouldn't be coming. All right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You go there, you get the autographs from the people you want. And that's that, that, you know, this is how you should budget your shit out. These are the people I want to meet. Put them in order. When you run out, then you you got the top ones. Okay, that I I think the they're, you're only hurting yourselves. The 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 fans are hurting themselves by wanting the prices posted because I guarantee you, even it could be the dumbest thing, man. It could be fucking Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight Victim Number Nine that has their price set at something, then you got a guy like Billy Zane sitting across from him going, why is that person more expensive than me? I don't even know who that is. Do you know yeah. who I am? And then they're like, then I should be more than him. And then it's like, it's this pissing contest. You know what I mean? And I, that can happen at a show that can, that can happen at a show, but on the website, you know, if it's there, cause I started getting calls from clients going, Oh, I went to the website and I saw the prices. Why am I the cheapest person? Like, Oh fuck really yeah. you know and and i say to them i said have you been happy with the money you've been making yeah well why fix what's not broken you know well i mean i should be charging more okay well if you charge more you may sell less you may those people that might have bought two things will only buy one and it might even itself out at the end of the weekend you may make the same amount of money 
But guess what? At a lower price, you were more busy. You were having more fun. People have more fun when they have a line. They don't have fun when they're sitting at an empty table, you know? I mean, so I don't know. Any, I don't know, Rick, you seem like a deer in the headlights on this one. What are your thoughts on <laughs> you're not saying this damn thing? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know how to think about shows posting pricing because it, I mean, it, it only, they only started posting pricing essentially when social media came about. I mean, prior to let's say 2005, I mean, I think Facebook start came out in 2003 and started to get popular around 2005. They, you know, you just, I used to go to chiller theater in the, in the, you know, mid nineties. And I mean, hell, I didn't know how much people were going to be. And, and, and I didn't even know if that price was going to get me one autograph or 10. I mean, I went to, the very, believe it or not, the very first celebrity show I ever went to was a chiller theater show. And I went because Mako, who played the wizard and Conan the Barbarian was going to be there. And he had a sign on his thing for $15 for an autograph. And I paid him the 15 and he signed nine items for me. And I'm like, oh, shouldn't I give you times nine? He goes, no, this is just the price. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, man. And then, but Adam West, you know, if he looked at you across the way, it was twenty dollars. You know First I mean? celebrity I ever paid for, Adam West, nineteen ninety-three. So, so you know, I realized the problem that posting pricing causes. I also realized that the fans do want to know how much it is so that they could budget and get you know a certain amount of money. And, but I think that even when you get to the show, people will look across at each other and see how much they are and be like, well, wait a minute. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I want to charge that. And the, that's the worst thing that you could see where somebody crosses out their price on their yeah. on their yeah. sign and puts a higher price. In it. Well, that's something I absolutely tell any of my clients they can't do. Yeah, I have said, people, you can't I have change a price mid show. Before you can't do it. But yeah. you know, I said to a client one time that had asked me about going to this, I'll try and keep this short, but I had a client that wanted to go up in price to be even with his other people that were in the show. And I was like, listen, I said, you're at the perfect price. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, it was between 40 and $50. And I was like, let me ask you a question. Would you rather sell one autograph for 50 or three autographs at 40? And he sat there and thought for a minute and he goes, one autograph at 50. I was like, no, 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 wait, wait, let me say it again. <laughs> One autograph for 50, three autographs at $40 a piece. And he sat there and thought, he goes, One autograph at 50. I was like, Are you kidding me? As if like, you realize the other one, you make $120. He goes, Yeah, but I got to work three times as hard. I'm like, Well, maybe this logic is. <laughs> but, but I, we raised his price to 50 and I tracked it for like five shows. And then I went back to him and said, Listen, man. You made a couple thousand dollars less at each one of these shows at 50 than when you were at $40. So you got to go back to the other price. People are literally skipping over you and going to someone else because they think the price is too much. Mm -hmm. We've all said that before. I still believe that this is a meet and greet business. You get the autograph people that come in that just want the autographs, but yeah. they're buying an autograph because they know that that's the chance they get to take to meet you. Yeah. Well, not to meet me, but to meet the, the talent. Yeah. So, so those people, if you look at, you know, some of the talent that, that rushes people along or some of the managers that, that and agents that don't allow people to linger for a second and say something, those people feel like they wasted their money, whether it was $20 or whether it was a hundred. So 
if he, if someone gives you a good experience, when people pay to meet Gaten, I have never in my life seen a bad post about Gaten Matarazzo. From a fan, it's like, oh man, meeting stunk, meeting him was awful. That kid didn't pay. That kid treats every single person like they're the biggest fan and he's their biggest fan. Yeah, and he takes a long time with each person. We got to rush him along sometimes, but th- but no one complains about his price either. I could probably charge a hundred bucks for him and no one would care because they get a great experience meeting him. Now, yeah. On the other hand, I got some people that maybe are not so great to meet and people complain about their pricing sometimes. So the goal I also back- want to add something. Sorry, Rick, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, go ahead. I, I think, you know, advertising the pricing in advance helps now because so many places that people go to are cashless. And people and they come to a con and they're like, oh, you guys don't take credit, you know, and then and half of the ATMs are down by the end of Friday at these at these venues. Yeah. So I think, you know, it also helps let them know how much cash to bring. Unless, you know, we all start taking credit cards. I mean, I, yeah. I've seen that many times where people are like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't have the cash. I have to come back. And then, you know, most of them come back or, or you know, they have to go through obstacles to find an ATM or get cash somewhere. Now, so these think, shows need to do something about the ATM situations. I mean, they should have one on the show in the celebrity area. I mean, Horrorhound, I have to give Horrorhound mad props. They're innovatives, innovators. I don't think any other show does this. Horrorhound has their own ATMs they bring in for the show, and they stock with money. Wow. Yeah, uh, Jeremy bought a bunch of ATMs. That's what you, you go to a Horrorhound con, you're, you're never, the ATMs will never be out. The only con I've seen that for sure has them right there <laughs> that I remember were Salt Lake and MegaCon. That mm-hmm. are literally in the celebrity area because you go. Because sometimes you look and you go, "What fucking line is that?" And you go, "Oh, it's the ATM line." Yeah, in a lot of celeb- there are a lot of celebrity areas. I've seen them at, 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 in more than one location, yeah. but but a lot of times they're more though. Few, and then they're yeah. gone. You know, and, yeah. and they run out or they break yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I, I'm just to finish up my thought. I, I'm neither for nor against it. I see the problems that it causes, um, but I also see the advantages uh, to it as as well. Um, but but then you also run into an issue where let's say let's say you have a client that has a base price and then they charge more for a pop, charge more for a poster, charge more for a die cast car, charge inscription. More for else. Then, the fan is, yeah. then the fan is kind of fooled because yeah. they're like, oh, I only thought it was 50 bucks. Oh, no, sorry. This person or 100 for full posters. Or what if that you get to the show and that celebrity says, oh, yeah, I'm raising my price. And they didn't tell you. It's like, well, you've been advertised at this. Like, well, no, it's that. And then you're getting complaints all weekend. Dude, the website said then. Then the promoter's coming up to you. You told me so-and-so was charging this. And it's like, I can't. I'm not, you know, what do I do? You know, I'd rather avoid that situation. They walk in. There's their sign. No complaints. It is what it is. What could happen, too, is, you know, some of these people book early. You know, they book the day after their other show is over. And let's say you have a, a guess that, you know, let, let's say in, I brought Jenna, I don't rep Jenna Ortega, but let's say I brought Jenna Ortega to a show, you know, in October of last year, and she was <laughs> announced for a show this March. Yeah. And guess what? Jenna Ortega wasn't, isn't going to be the same price that I said in October of last year that she would yeah. be in a show this March. Exactly. She's going to be way more money in that. So sometimes, you know, you got to go back and, and, and listen, there's such a thing as overpricing as well. 
Sean, sure. this is this is a story that 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 I don't even mind telling because you know it and we've joked about it before. But there was a point at Texas Frightmare Weekend, Nev Campbell's very first show, the very first show she ever did. She was way overpriced, massively overpriced. And did I'm not work with me. Let's clear that part up. No, she wasn't she working was with me yet. She was no, yeah. Because the, the, we laugh about this because she was yeah. working with another agent who had her grossly overpriced. And in a private room where nobody could see her. We called it the Fortress of Solitude. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. where's Nev Campbell? She's in the Fortress of Solitude. Nobody could get to her. And they were literally at one point on a Saturday afternoon begging people on the microphone to get in her line. Yeah. Begging people, like, please come get Nev Campbell. And people will come and they'd see the price and they're like, oh my God, not a chance am I going to pay that. I yeah. almost want to say it was like 80 something dollars. I think it, and now mind you, this was like 20, what year was that? 2015 maybe so no. i i think she was 75 just for an autograph she's like that she still isn't even that high now but then me. you but then <laughs> you get you get her and you rationalize her price down to an equitable amount try not to wait six hours to meet nev campbell now at a show no. because and it's not because she's any more or less nice. I'm sure she was wonderful at that at that that Texas Frightmare event. She's probably really nice. <clears throat> she doesn't have more or less of a breadth of her popular work. The people that are getting her lines still want the craft. They still want a scream. They still want those same things. But just the sense of the price where someone says, oh, now it's worth it for me to go and meet Nev Campbell. I almost want to say for some reason that Dom had items for Ned Campbell to sign and you thought she was so pricey. You were like, uh, you know what? I'm only going to get one instead of the four that I wanted. Right. Was that, am I right yeah. about that? Yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah. I remember him mentioning it to me at the show and he's like, he, Dom was yep. like, if she was a better price, I would have got, I would have spent more yeah. money. The crazy thing. dollars on four items. I tripped over Tumbleweed and got my screen poster signed. Also, I am uh, a firm believer that out of sight, out of mind. If you can't see the person, you're not going to want to meet them. And if you got them locked up in a, in a room or behind a curtain, you know, some celebrities want to be behind a curtain, you know, because you walk by and you see, you know, Nev Campbell and you're like, oh, my God, there she is. Let's go say hi. Let's go meet her. You, you want to meet them. But if you don't, you're walking by a room that you can't even catch a glimpse of her. I was there that weekend, all three days. I never laid eyes on the woman. All right. Never saw um, If you can't see her, the gym. Yeah, you're not going to, it's, you're not going to, you know, you're not, if you can't see the cookie in, in, in the container in front of you, you're not going to want to eat it. You know what I mean? You're going to walk past it. You know what I mean? You, you'd be like, Oh, I want that cookie. Damn, that cookie looks good. You know? I mean, that's how the fat thing works, right? That's why we, we eat. But it's the same thing with, with, with autographs, you know? I remember one time I was at a show, Robert Patrick put up a, a, a curtain in front of him, right? And he was getting no play. It was at Motor City Comic Con. Yeah, I remember that. And he walks up to me, because I've known him. He was in my movie, like, way back when. So I've known him a long time. He walks up to me, he goes, hey. He goes, I'm going to ask you a question. What, what do you think of that over there, the curtain? And I go, honestly? And he goes, yeah. I said, I think it makes you look like an asshole. And he, and he goes, seriously? I go, yeah. And what the fuck are you behind a curtain? I got everybody as you can see. I go, I said, if they can't see you, they're not going to want to meet you. You know, if they can see you, they're going to want to come up to you. Going behind some curtain? 
I mean, yeah. you don't know what you're going to get in there, you know? And, and, and he, and he's like, yeah, okay, yeah. All right. You're right. And he took it down. And afterwards he said that was the right move. You know, he started getting busy and it's, you know, you just never know with these people, you know, I mean, the they try things. That wasn't his first show. Like he had huh? done other shows. The crazy thing about that was that wasn't his first show. But yeah, why did he I, randomly decide, oh, I want to try curtain at this show. I don't know. He saw somebody else do it. He maybe, maybe at yeah, another show. Who yeah. knows? I mean, I um, I know um, Val Kilmer had one, but we all know why Val Kilmer had. Yeah, one. that's I, different. You know, that's that's what I'm saying. He had one because he had his nurses, and you know, the guys, you know, went and did that. But yeah, you just kind of look like a dickhead if you're out there with your <laughs> fortress. Harry you know, Elwes has one. I still don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah. And I know Kerry too. And I, I was going to ask him one time. And I just thought better of it. I'm like, ah, we're having a good time. <laughs> and I think he's such a nice guy too. Oh, no, he's super nice. I had yeah. dinner with he's him. Awesome. I had dinner with him in Salt Lake City. I had dinner yeah, with Salt Lake awesome. City. Never he's met him before. Mm-hmm. People taking candidates from far away. Oh, is that the reason? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's also, uh, I mean, I'm sure we all have one. Um, clients that refuse to sit at an empty table. When their line ends, they want to go to the green room. Yeah. And, you know, and we, I know we, I know, I know Fred, you have one for, for sure. <laughs> I can think of, I know, yeah. you know, but I mean, Roddy Piper, when I used to work with Piper, he was that way. He would not, when oh. his, when his line ended, he's like, I'll call, let me know when there's a line. But the problem is a lot of these guys don't understand if you're not at the table, people aren't going to line up. Yeah. You know? It's hard. Either have, either have people that they queue for, or they just come up. And I, I have a client that, man, as soon as you said that, he, he popped into my head as soon as you said it. And I told him once, I'm like, brother, people don't queue for you, but you see when you're out, they're like, oh shit, he's here, and they get you'll get forty people in your line. Yeah. I say, but once you go through that forty, just give it. Do me a favor, man. Just give me give it five minutes out here. I promise yeah. you, five minutes. I'll talk to you for five minutes. You don't have to look out and see nobody. Just I'll talk to you for five minutes. Just talk to me. They'll come. And but he's still to this day. If that line ends, then he gone. Yeah, because some of them can be very popular guys. They just like you mean, you you saw this, Sean, even with like when you guys had your Walking Dead shows, not you having them, but everybody would go queue for Norman or Jeffrey. And the other guys wouldn't have anybody at first. And then it would trickle down. You know what I mean? Like. It, I mean, but it just happens at any con, right? Like, for example, yeah. you, you know, like uh, Charlie Hunnam, where I'll use uh, what's the main Dexter guy you have? Um, Rick, Michael sorry. C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. They're going to go get Michael C. Hall first. They're going to get Charlie Hunnam first. They're going to, you know what I mean? They're, they're going to get those guys first, and then they're going to trickle down. The other guys go, well, I don't want to sit here. He's got a giant fucking line. I'm, I'm going to be in the green room, you know? That's- Marty, Marty Cove knows that. Marty Cove goes out to his table. And he says to himself, he goes, as soon as Billy and Ralph start signing. And now, granted, Marty will have now, he'll have 30, 40, 50 people in his line. But Billy will have 200. Ralph will have 250. And then as soon as those guys start signing, they get out of line, bloop, yeah. go into Marty's line. Go, And all of a sudden, now yeah. Marty's got 200 people in his line yeah. because they all waited, got who they wanted, and then and then <clears> they went <throat> to him. If, if me and Dom brought Weekend at Bernie's to a Comic-Con, we know what's going to happen. They're going to go get McCarthy. Then they're going to go get probably Terry Kaiser, honestly, more than Silverman. And then they're probably going to go get Silverman. It's just, it's but just. Why am I not there with Catherine Mary Stewart? 
Why am uh, I not there? <laughs> I forgot about that. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about Kathy Stewart. And there are there Kalf, any did you, did, did you represent uh, Kafka? Was that what was his name? Uh, Don Kafka. Don Kalfa. No, no. Kalfa, he died though, right? He's he he's died, dead. Didn't he? Yeah. Oh, okay. That, they oh. did a panel one time at Alamo City Comic Con, and Andrew McCarthy could have sworn that that guy was dead, and he <laughs> argued with with uh silverman and terry kaiser for like 10 minutes that he was dead terry had to pull up on his phone that he was still alive for andrew to believe him and then he, he died, died like a year after that what's that i think he died like a year after that though yeah he died real close after that you know what i watched last night kind of just kind of funny coincidence i haven't seen it probably in 30 years mannequin <laughs> oh, that's a good one Andy does not like that movie. <laughs> I I was watching it going, man, he must have felt that his career was over. But funny thing, it was such a huge hit. It really was. Yeah. Oh, it was a huge hit. And people love it. Yeah. And and it, he, see, Andrew McCarthy's an in- interesting guy because he's I've repped him forever, man. For literally, he might have been my third client. So for like 12 years, I've repped this guy. And and he's so funny when it comes to his movies because he'll just people come up and like, oh my God, I love Mannequin so much. And he's like, yeah, why? Why again? Tell me why. It's, you know, it's a movie. A mannequin comes to life, and we run around a store, and I get, and she gets into a hang glider and flies off. The top. <laughs> He's like, "Why do you like it again?" And I told him, "I was like, brother, you got to be an actor at these shows too, man. You can't, you can't show, you can't say that about a movie that people love. It'd be like me going up to Schwarzenegger and him being like, I hate Conan. I'd be devastated. I wouldn't know what to do.'" <laughs> All right, here's a new topic. New topic. Yeah. How do you guys deal with the balancing of being loyal to to promoters and and, and you know because that's a that's a I mean a thing that we deal with we we start these relationships with promoters and then a new show pops up in their area and those people start calling us and then they say don't work with them and then you then you see you know they say oh I'm not going to work with somebody that works with them. Then you see them working with somebody that's working with them. And then you're like, well, I'm the one being loyal and I'm not getting, you're not booking that many people from me. These people are asking and you, you know, it feels like it's, there's no reciprocation of that. Sometimes some people are straight loyal. Like you'll get some that are rock solid, but there's quite a few that are pretty fleeting when it comes to that. I'll let you guys go first on that one. I want to hear what you guys have to say first. Well, there you go, Dom. There you go, Dom. You can leave one off, Dom. Okay. Basically, I mean, I look at it as business. I'm not, I mean, I have shows that I prefer to work with that I, I'll always go to first, but I'm not loyal to anybody. I'm not exclusive to anybody. Like, you know, I don't, I don't tell them what agents they can book with and what agent, agents they can't. So I don't expect them to tell me, you know, what shows I can book with. Um, so I, I really don't think about it a lot. I mean, you know, I think about it from a business. If I'm, if I'm going to make, if I like working with these, this, this show and I know the promoter, I know what to expect. I know I'm going to make money. Of course, I'm going to go to him first and say, you know, here's who I have, you know, and if they say no, then I'm going to go to option B. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, I need to be paid whether I work with this promoter or that promoter, I need, I need to earn a living. Um, I know me, me, Rick and Gilbert. I know we've talked about this a lot lately. Like a lot, a lot lately. Come like up we, a lot lately with me. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We talked about it. We talked about it in Pittsburgh, you and I. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a hard one because like kind of what we talked about earlier. One thing about me personally, I genuinely am like I'm straight across the board. I don't bullshit anybody. Like, hey man, this is how we are, this is what we get, this is what it is. 
if you want my, and I know Rick, you've had this thing a million times. Hey, we just want Billy Zappelin. You're like, no, 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 that's not how this works. I'm just going to give you Gaten. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sean, you know, I mean, oh, I just want Norman. No, 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 no. We took that phone call the other day. That's yeah. not how this works. So I genuinely like to work with somebody who's fair across the board. And I get it. You know, it, it is a very you scratch my back, I scratch your back business, you know, and that's how these relationships are. Like, I work very, very well with Informa. Um, Gilbert works very, very well with like Steve from Rhode Island. Like we we have relationships where we take care of each other and they book new people. The guy from Steel City, Bob Stein, I work very good, very well with him. <clears throat> but it's like, hey, man, like if you're not going to book these people and you're someone's in your business or in your area, you can't get mad. that This is how I make my paycheck. Right. This yeah. is my like. Okay, now I'm not going to make X amount of dollars. Are you going to pay me X amount of dollars to not go there? Because then we're talking. You know what I mean? Like, then we're talking. But if it's, hey, no, I'm going to be, you know, the the hard ones are, as you go, like, Megacon and Tampa Bay, right? They're they're, they're both bangers. And you go, oh, shit. Or when Philadelphia used to be good. And then you got Cherry Hill, New Jersey. You go, oh, shit. That's where it gets very, you know iffy on what's to do but i'm 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 a dom like it's it's one thing to take care of people if they take care of you sure yeah you know i'm a dom on that because this is how we make a living i mean i know we all have other side businesses but i mean i'm pretty sure this is the majority of our gig but if you're up front, me i realize if i'm up front with everybody i tell everybody this is what they're doing like when i got charlie hunnam you know the same with Nor- all your all your big guys everybody wants them right and they go hey man i asked about him in 2017 and you go yeah, but you know, like you haven't booked any of my guys. You you just want Charlie. Yeah. Rick, we had a phone call about somebody who just wants Billy. You know, and it's just that's where it gets. It's it's hard, but I'm not loyal per se, like Dom said. But I will. If you taking care of me, I will take care of you. But it's got to be like it's got to make sense. You know what I mean? It's got to mm-hmm. be mutual. Yeah. There's a lot of rivalries out there. You know, the, these fans don't understand, you know, uh, and and it gets ugly. I understand it. You know, you, you're trying to protect your territory. And, you know, you feel like somebody's trying to take food off your plate or whatever. But at the same time, you know, if a Burger King pops up across the street from a McDonald's, you know, yeah. that's America. That's what happens. You know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, I mean per- perfect example. The, the, the ketchup guy from from Heinz isn't going to not work with with McDonald's because yeah. they've been working with Burger King, and they're going to be like, "Well, I sell ketchup. That's my job." You know? Oh, dude, that is the best freeze yet. Are you saying? <laughs> oh, you dude, you, you froze like this for a second, Rick. You're... Oh, I did. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Fred, sorry, Fred. Oh, did, did I? Fred was like, That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> you look like you, you you had a stroke. <laughs> I probably did. This fucking comedy. Yeah. This fucking business is going to give us all Yeah, exactly. I find it's becoming a bigger challenge lately, especially with so many new shows popping up. Oh, my God. Everybody wants to take a show to another show. Like, there's a show. We work with Planet Comic Con. 90s Con or Christmas Con is going into Kansas City now. And that guy. Maybe I'll finally get somebody booked in Kansas City. I know, right? I don't have anybody. Oh, well, now we have dude. That, that dude has never booked with me once. Really? Every time. Oh, uh, well, I'll take Norman. It's and I'm like, bro, let let's let's try this out first. And yeah, I mean, I like I like the guy too. I've talked to him. Seems like nice guy, but he will just that's a 
just never been able to get anybody in there. Yeah. Do you guys, okay. So back, this is kind of the same exact subject. What do you guys do, especially Rick? What do you guys do when a big show that has multiple shows, 15 shows and goes, your client goes, Hey, I, I just want to work with them. Like, let's go do their tour. And then all the other people. Well, I've, I've never, that. I've never had a client say, I just want to do their shows. Well, I've had, I've had those big shows say, yeah. we want to do an exclusive with said person. I've had that happen. See, I've had a couple shows, a couple clients that go, Hey, these guys run a good show. Not that I just want to do them, but like, Hey, for this year, let's just do their shows. Oh, I heard they have a lot of shows. Ask him if we can do, just do their shows this year. Well, what, you, you could see where they're coming from because it'd be it'd be guaranteed events and you don't have to worry about going out and trying to find anything. You know, if, exactly. If, if a place like Informa has eight <clears throat> shows for them to do and this client only does eight shows a year, they could be like, man, just sign me up and then I you don't got to worry about me. Then we're, you know, yeah. we're, we're, yeah. we're locked in. Um, you know, th th this is an interesting subject for me because... I like to think that overall, and I don't know because, you know, maybe you guys know better than me. Maybe these promoters have said something to you about me. I'd like to think that there's very few promoters that I have a bad relationship with um, from a personal standpoint. I don't think I've ever done anything to a promoter that would make them despise me. I'm trying to think. I mean, maybe there's some people out there. I think we've all had promoters that either we've gotten hot with or maybe they just think you're arrogant you know, or whatever, you know, I know there's a couple yeah. promoters that just think I'm too full of myself or some shit or whatever. And it's usually just stemmed from some sort of jealousy, you know, that they don't well, like the fact that you get, doesn't make a guarantee. And yeah. well, well, you know, let's, let, let's get off. So, uh, we'll get back to this in a sec, Rick, let's not get sidetracked, but I have noticed that there, there has become egos in the promoter world too, where oh, the promoters sure. want to be celebrities and they want to be seen and they want to be known. And then they start to almost seem like if you're more well-known than them as an agent, that they resent you, you know, and it's, it's, it's kind of, it's petty, but that's another factor I've been seeing fall into this game, you know, but anyway, continue, Rick. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that, the, I know that the guy and I'll name him because who cares the guy at Pensacon, Mike Ensley doesn't like me. And he doesn't like me because I told him what I felt was wrong with his event in terms of why I couldn't bring people to his show for what he wanted me to bring people there for. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, now, I know other people that have amazing successes at that show. I know Dom works there. In fact, I think I may have hooked Dom up with Mike Ensley at one point. Um, I know Gilbert brings a ton of people there and Neary and all these other people. Um, but but I, I gave him just That's a my very, next show. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, just... <laughs> I gave him a very simple critique on the event and how I felt about bringing people there. And boy, he did not like that shit at all. He thought that that was the worst thing that I could have done. And we haven't worked together since. Now, granted, that I haven't reached out to him since because I just feel like he doesn't want to work with me and bring people in. But he hasn't reached out either. So the, the feeling must be mutual in that respect. I had the talk with uh, Bob Stein from Steel City from when Dominic used to run it. And I said, hey, man. You know, constructive criticism. You guys need volunteers, man. You guys need volunteers, dude. For I don't know, because I don't know if you remember the all, yeah, all three of you guys. We've all been there at the same time at that show. And I'm like, hey, man, we're not knocking your show. Your show's a money maker. It's good, but what's going to help you help us? Like, because to me, again, kind of like what Sean says, like we work with the promoter, we work with the client, 
it's being a, it's like a team thing, man. You want me not fucking calling you every five seconds because we need this, we need that, we need this. Get some more volunteers. And this year, they had more volunteers. Granted, it was the biggest show they fucking had. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even me and Rick, well, me, literally, me and Rick were outside fixing fucking lines of that show. I put oh. in some work at that last at that. December. Yeah, we did. December yeah, we Steel did. City Con, some serious work. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But it's like. We told them, hey, man, this is constructive criticism. We're not telling you to act like we're big shit. Because that's the thing is, you're right, man. The egos are out of fucking control on all sides. Like, all fucking sides. Agents, promoters, fucking volunteers. You know this shit. Like, <laughs> no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that shit. I told, I told Gilbert, again, who's my business partner. I've said it plenty of times, man. I'm done with this ego shit and who's better than, like, fuck that, dude. Like, Everybody work together, make some good money, you know, things like that. But the egos, you're right. Like some promoters don't know how to take constructive criticism because then it's. I don't. I don't even know if it was ego with Mike because I had only done the show maybe three or four times. Yeah, no, no, I'm not talking about that because I don't yeah, know about that. Yeah, situation, I mean, it could have been ego. Could have not been ego. Could have just been don't. You yeah. know, you're not a you're not a contemporary of mine. You don't have your own comic con, so you shouldn't know anything about it. All I was really able to know was the bottom line. I saw the bottom yeah. line of my clients at the event and it wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't happy with it. So there was nothing I can do, but you know, I, I think I talked to Dom about this on the phone a couple of weeks ago, you know, there's blessings and there's curses, right? So it's a blessing that I have these people from stranger things and they changed my business. And it's a blessing. I have the Cobra Kai folks that I have and, and Michael C. Hall that they, they trust me to do this with him where he can very easily go to UTA and say, I do this. I don't know who's this guy. I don't want this guy to do this, but he doesn't. He wants me to do it for him. But it's a curse in the same time because promoter I've noticed, especially this year, especially going into this year where I don't know if you guys know this or not, but, but, but Cobra Kai and stranger things, they're going back to filming this year. They're both filming their final seasons this year. And once they get onto that set, Netflix doesn't like them doing cons. They don't want them leaving the set, going off for a weekend. Mm -hmm. What if they got a COVID test? What if they have to do a wardrobe fitting and they're in Seattle, Washington doing a show? They don't like Netflix, don't like it at all. So they're they're very strict about them leaving. I have to kind of plan it accordingly. So I told a lot of promoters, you know, after May, I'm like, listen, the Zapkas and the Coves and the Gatons and the Finns and the Peyton List and Bertrand and Sholo, those are all going to be tough. To, to book and i gotta be honest man a lot of these promoters are like uh, well, we don't want anything from you rick then well, well we, i was like well wait but i have a hundred clients yeah but if you can't bring us what we want if you won't give us billy and marty and all these people we're not going to do anything with and I'm, and I'm saying like came out and said that to me yeah so in my mind i'm saying to myself you know the business person says okay that's fine i'll figure this out the emotional person says the way you treat me in 2023 is the way I'm going to treat you in 2024. So, so if you don't, if you decide, Hey, screw Rick in 2023, well, I'm just going to bring to the people that, that were loyal. Cause we're talking about loyalty that were loyal to me. Yeah. Bob Stein went out of his way to find people to take from me. Dave Hagen went out of his way. Aman and informer went out of his way. He's like, Aman called me, he goes, I got a bunch of spots for you. Let's find people that we can put in them. So mm. next year, when I got Stranger Things, when I got Dexter, when I got Cobra Kai, I'm going to those folks and saying, okay, yeah. now here's my big people because you helped me small. And, and, and a perfect example <clears throat> is 
I was in Europe last year and I had this European promoter up my ass the entire weekend. Oh, Rick, Rick, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're awesome. Everybody says such great things about you. You're so easy to work with. I'm like, cool, cool. Like you make a video for me and I'm going to post the video. He literally asked me to make a video for him. And I'm going to post the video on social media saying, I kind of think is working with my show now. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. It's silly. <laughs> I, like, I don't even take pictures with people at these shows. I'm going to make a video for you. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I, I, I can't be bothered. I said, but we'll do some stuff, man. I said, let's, let's do some stuff. He sends me an email last month. And it's like, I want Billy Martin Cove, Finn Gayton, and Caleb and it shows like uh, in the end of May where none of them can do it. I was like, well, man, you know, I, I can't get you those people, but look at all the other people I got. Oh, I don't want anybody. I want those guys. I said, so basically, and I hate to say it this way, you were kissing my fucking ass because you thought you could get these headliners from me. But when the reality hit that you couldn't, it's, you know, F you do. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be bothered with you. And so I said to, I said to him an email, I said, well, then fine. Then we won't do any business. I said, that's okay. I got plenty of people. I mean, I do plenty of shows in Europe. I'm not for a lack of doing business in Europe. Just hard um, to go over I got there. Tons yeah. of shows. I do. So, so stuff like that. My, my problem with promoters is, is, is never personal, never, never personal, never, even the, the, the couple people that I don't do business with, I, I can't seem for the life of me to get somebody in Texas Frightmare Weekend. For the life of me, I can't do it. I could have Kurt Russell, and for some reason, Lloyd would tell me he was... Cool. I think he'd take Kurt. <laughs> maybe, take Kurt right? maybe, I, maybe I'm going, I'm going a little bad. If he but, got Billy Zabka with him. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I don't dislike Lloyd in the slightest bit. In the slightest bit. If Mike Ensley wasn't... I don't, like, I don't dislike him in the slightest bit. <clears throat> at all it's just like dom was saying it's just business mm -hmm. so so if we don't do something and you have other promoters that do a lot to help feed my three kids and my wife and may help me pay my mortgage then when it comes down to it when it comes time those are the guys i'm calling well one I'm thing calling. i think we should make clear here that a lot of people that don't know this business may not be getting through through this is these big names we have these headliner types don't want to do a lot of shows okay oh, no, so don't not. think that we're turning down shows left and right yeah. Be, yeah. i mean th th these guys only want to do x amount a year so we yeah. want to put them in the very best right you know we yeah, can't have waste we have no choice you have to put them in the very best and we if i put the same thing yeah yeah if i put a guy like norman reedus into Billy Joe's Bubba Fest weekend, whatever the fuck, in the middle please of. Please don't say, but please don't say the word Bubba Fest. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. That could get you incarcerated. Like it's do they stream? Don't say Bubba Fest. Whatever <laughs> you know what I mean. I put him in some little Hobuck town, you know, and 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 you know, I, I, he'll never work with me again, you know, because I he counts on me to to get him the very best, you know. So yeah. I can't take that chance. You know, I got to make sure we got to make sure that we put those guys in the best shows and it's not disrespect to those promoters. It's just business, man. It's just, you know, right. Yeah. No, I mean, I sat down with Hunnam um, in December at Steel City. He was, you know, you guys, everybody, no matter if it's big or small, you guys know this. If someone goes and says, hey, I'm filming a movie, be gone for three months. We know we can't get that right. 
They got, oh, I got three backs. We got Key Kwan, who just won. Uh, uh, he's about to win an Oscar, right? He's filming Loki season two. He's doing another movie. He's doing all his Disney shit. Guys called me and told me, I'm booked until like July. You, you guys see it on social media. People go, yeah. oh, they don't want to bring them here. They don't, they won't, they don't want to bring Norman to Tampa Bay. They don't want to, like, you know, I get that with Charlie. Like, no, we went over the schedule and we say, hey, when are you free? This is what we have. Rick, same exact situation. I, they can't do anything until May. With Charlie, we, we sat there and we said, well, what can we do? And right now we're doing three shows. We're doing Monster Mania, which I went to Rick and we talked about it. And I was like, yo, man, do you think it's going to be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. MegaCon, which is MegaCon. And then Indiana, because Salt Lake had them. And, but the fans sometimes think we don't want to take them to a Minnesota or this or that. It's not that. It's just that's somebody that we have to look after and take care of. And you know what I mean? It's, it's a certain situation, you know? Let, let me, let me jump back in for a second and share something really quick with you. And I'll name the guy too. Not, not the promoter, but the, the actor. <clears throat> and, and this is, this is what, again, fans, this would help them a little bit understand the mindset that we're all in. I had a guy email me about Martin Cove and he's like, I really want Marty to come to my event. I'm only like 45 minutes outside of Nashville. Uh, Marty lives there. And, and he's like, uh, you know, it, it will be great. I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, well, you, you know, you got to tell me a little bit about your show and how many fans you get and all this other stuff. Cause I've never heard it before. And he told me that he gets like 300 fans that come to the event. I was like, okay. And I sent this dude a super respectful email. And I said, hey, we're going to have to pass for now. And, and he sent me an email back. Is he not available? I was like, no, he, he, he's around. I said, but respectfully, based on the size of your event and what it is and everything else, we're just going to go ahead and have the pass. And this guy sent me the nastiest email back saying that uh, I was an awful agent and that someday Cobra Kai will be nothing and he'll have the biggest show on the planet and I'll regret it. And his phone number was on the email. So me and my wife were watching the Great British Baking Show. And I told her, I said, pause this for a second. I got to make a telephone call. And I called this guy and he, he didn't have my number. So he, he just picked up. I don't think if he knew if it was me, he picked up. And I said to myself, I want to talk to you, man. I want to tell you, I want to get you to understand something. Um, Martin Cove, like any other worker, has a predetermined amount of financial gain that he wants to make from each event. And he wouldn't be able to make a tenth of that at your show. So how could I bring him there and tell him, hey, go do this show. Give the same energy that you give if you went to MegaCon or, or, or Horror Hound or Atlanta Comic Con. Give the same energy and make one sixth of the money. And I said to the guys, like, you know, what do you do for a living? And he's like, oh, I'm, I don't do anything. I'm a retired construction worker. I was like, oh, cool. I was like if you made $20 an hour in your construction job, he goes, ah, we made more than that. I said, okay, if you made $50 an hour, your construction job, would you do go do construction for a dollar an hour? No, of course I would. Yeah. That's what go. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that's what I'm saying. So I can't, I was like, and you know what, dude, I said, you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to put a dollar amount on Martin Cove for you and say, you got to pay him this amount and then bankrupt your show. Yeah. So it's just better for me to say no. And, and if in five years you got the best show on the planet and you want to say, fuck Rick Hendricks, I'm not bringing anybody from him because he wouldn't bring Martin Cove that day. 
Well, brother, that's your prerogative. There's nothing I can do about that. But I'm just I'm just trying to look out for everybody. You know what I mean? I I don't think you know, with very few exceptions, I'm certainly not a malicious guy. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's show or or not bring somebody to somebody's show. But you know, these things you got to do from a business standpoint. Yeah. You know? if, if yeah, like to finish, like to finish up on the like loyalty thing. It's like perfect example. Like you talked about, like Mike Ensley, me and Sean, we always have like a, I think Dom too. We always have a ton of people in his show, right? And then, you know, the Pensacola show. I think he knows, you know, without going into his personal books, um, he knows what he his show can and can't book. You know what I mean? Um, but it's one of those things like it's it's a show that we go down there. And I think we literally have 21 people, I think, in that show. Right. I think, I think we have 21 people in that show. It's more of a I think I see him loyal with us, but it's also like my is somebody who I think, and again, I, I'm, I'm this way. I'm cool with you. And so you're not cool with me. You know what I mean? Um, but granted, everybody's, everybody's situations are different. You know, I, I know a promoter that loves working with me. That's trying to work with Rick, trying to work with Rick, but I know what he wants from Rick. It's like, well, come on, man. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta walk before you can run. You know what I mean? Like, I know these things. We know, we all know this. Oh, I just want this person. I gotta walk before you run, man. You got, I gotta see your show sometimes. Unless, unless someone comes to me and says, no, man, you that's a banger. You got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Well, I, listen, I, I didn't, I deliberately, and maybe it was a wrong decision, but I, I didn't work with Spukala this last year. I let you guys do it. And then I called Sean. I'm like, hey, brother, how was Spukala? And he goes, oh, it was good. And I said to Dom, how was, you had people in Spukala, right, Dom? I said to Dom, I was like, how was Spukala? And he was like, oh, it was, it was pretty good. I was like, okay, well, now, now is you know time to to for me to work with Spukala. And I called Dan the phone, super nice guy. We've been doing email and we're and we're doing business now. But but he's also not coming at me being like, oh, I can't work with you, dude, unless you give me Michael C. Hall and Jen Carpenter and 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 give me Finn Wolfhard, you know, offer no guarantees and all this other stuff. And some folks do that, man. And it's it's just it's they don't get it. Sometimes it, people just don't get it that it's a it's still a relationship business no matter how you cut it. Yeah. yeah. And 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 why I don't book people based on relationship, I certainly turn a certain way based on relationship. You know, I I, I would uh, there there's but it's also got to be equitable. I could I could like a guy till the cows come home, and if there's no damn money in his show, <laughs> you know, then I still can't no. I still can't yeah. jeopardize a relationship with a client by bringing him there. I'm certainly not going to lie to a client and say that the show's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, now you're going to have PD after you. <laughs> yeah, and if he emailed me, I would, you know, listen, I would say the same thing that I would say to Aman if he emailed me about a show in Orlando. Yeah. I'd be like, PD, these are the people that I have booked over there with that guy. Uh, he's done booking with me. You see everybody else that I have. Who do you want? But if it's going to be a, oh, you can't work with that guy. Well, you know, I used to rep D.B. Sweeney and I, I pitched him to him. I can't tell you how many times. And then he took him from Chris Majors. But yeah. I'm not I'm not going to say to Petey, oh, listen, Chris Majors took my guy. You can't book him anymore. You work with whatever agents you want. Dom said that. Dom said, I don't tell you what agents to work with. Exactly. Mm -hmm. don't, don't tell me what promoters to work with. That's all. A lot of people ask me why I don't work with Spooky Empire. <laughs> you know, people that and. I've always worked with Spooky Empire. I worked with them for over 10 years. And one time I put Norman Reedus and Megacon. I got the email from him. I still have it. He basically mm -hmm. told me, 
that all the clients he had taken from me, all the worthless clients he had taken me for the last 10 years were just basically seat fillers. And I was doing him, he was doing me a favor and that, you know, that I was unloyal to him and basically told in the email said, go fuck yourself. And that was the the only one that hasn't gotten a go fuck yourself email yet. (laughs) And, and that's it. Never worked with him again. Uh, I mean, and that's him. You know, that that's not me. I would I would have still been working with him and making him his show better. I mean, we were going to technically work together right before COVID. Right, Dom? That was through Dom. He didn't want me there, but he booked one of my he booked two of my people through Dom. Yeah. Um, uh, but he didn't want me there. Uh, but then COVID happened and the show got canceled. He never, never rebooked that group. I don't know why. No, he hasn't really worked with me since COVID. No, you know that much. So I don't, I don't know. You know I mean, but, he's a, you know, I, I put Robin Lively there this last event that he had, but honestly, I did it all through Gina. Mm-hmm. I did everything was done through Gina. I always liked Gina. I thought yeah, Gina, Gina, yeah, she, Gina's great. I always yeah, thought she was that's, nice. That's kind of another topic, though. Like the way the promoters book their shows. Like, do you think they really listen to the fans, or do you think they just book who they see is hot at all the other competing shows? I, I think that's half and half. Yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely half and half because, like, perfect example, right? And Rick knows this more than anybody. Primetime took on almost twenty five anime voice actors in the past two years. Gilbert met Monica Rial. And she brought us all these, dude. I'm, I'm not knocking it. I don't watch anime. I don't know anime, but I know they my just client. Say their autographs? Huh? Do they just say their autographs? How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> but like those guys go to a Comic Con, any Comic Con, and look at Primetime's voice actors' lines. It's insane because right now it's the hottest thing possible. Yeah. It, but, but then what happens is there's so many. Sh- this is two, two, two things. There's so many shows right now. We talked about this. How many new shows? You guys are just talking about a new one. There's so many new Comic-Cons and everybody goes, oh, I want Justin Bryan or all this. And you go, they can only do so many shows. Yeah. That's that's the other problem, man, is you can be cool with somebody in Dallas and you can be so cool with somebody in Fort Worth who's 45 minutes away. And those two dudes may hate each other. And you go, well, fuck, now I'm going to piss somebody off. That happened with me with Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer no. Sutherland, Amon, Amon met, true story, Amon met Kiefer Sutherland in Toronto at a restaurant, texts me and says, Kiefer's at the restaurant, you think I can go say hi to him? Text Kiefer and said, hey, this guy Amon, he's going to come up to you and say hello. Amon comes up to him and of course pitches him fucking fan expos. He goes, hey, I want to do the three shows you mentioned, which were Megacon, Dallas, and I think Toronto. We agreed to it. Lloyd wasn't very happy about it. But it's hard to go when Kiefer goes, that guy's going to give me three shows. And I just want to do three or four shows a year. And then you go, well, fuck. How do I keep it cool with Lloyd when Lloyd wants him? And you go, look, it's not personal, man. And and, and you genuinely, like, I think us four genuinely mean it when we say it's not personal. The yeah. managers, the, 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 and I'm not shitting on them, but whatever, but the ones who are scrapping for shows, they'll fucking, they'll sell their mom for a can of Coke for a fucking client in a show. Yeah. So when we got to go, fuck, dude, hey, man, I'm sorry, he picked it. Oh, why didn't you push my show? Trust me, dude, push your show. I fucking called Rick because there were shows by New Jersey that wanted Charlie Hunnam. And I called Rick and Rick was like, nah, dude, you got to do Monster Mania. You got to do Monster Mania. 
And I saw, I saw this personally on, this is about fans asking on social media. I saw people asking for Charlie. Oh, primetime won't so, bring Charlie to Monster Mania. Primetime won't bring him. Yeah. So, you know? Fred, so what you're trying to say is those shows that wanted Charlie in, in the, that New Jersey area, they should be mad at Rick because he's the one who said <laughs> that's yeah. yeah that's right they should be i will send his email yeah <laughs> dude how do you think the situation i was in when jamie lee curtis wanted to do a show dude i pissed off every major promoter because they on, man. all want part owner of horror hound that's why you did it <laughs> i love that yeah i i wish i was part owner uh yeah but but people you know people were pissed and you know so yeah. and i knew i was in a you know, a lose, a losing situation there. So I literally, I reached out the PD from spooky because uh, we were still cool. Then Kevin chiller, Dave Hagen, monster mania, Lloyd, Texas frightmare and Nathan. And I said, all five of you guys, give me your best pitch and I'll take it to her. And she's going to decide I'm not having anything to do with this. Kevin passed. Kevin didn't even want to make a pitch. Don't know why everybody made a pitch. I gave them to her. Horrorhound did one thing nobody else did. It sealed the deal. In and I had nothing to do with this. It, it was a brilliant idea. Um, Nathan put in his pitch that fifty percent of everything they made that weekend they were going to give to the children's hospital. Nobody else offered that. She read that. She goes that show, done. Right. So you know, it wasn't me. But again, it's that situation where, you know, you're going to piss somebody off. You know what I mean? You know, you know, the, the funny thing, and I want to address something that Dom said, but the, I told my wife one time, um, when I did a, when I did a complete it reunion at uh, Dallas fan expo, and I had Finn Wolfhard, and I had everybody there, obviously not Skarsgård, but I had everybody from it and they announced it and people, you know, out of their minds, right? Oh my God, Jack Dylan Grazer is going to be here. And Sophia Lillis, this is crazy with, this is going to be the best ever. You know, at that one point, there was that one point where it was like the hottest. It was it. Brand on the planet. Everybody. <laughs> um, and, and now it's not so much, but, but, but still it's fine. Um, and I come downstairs and I sit on my couch and my wife knows obviously when there's something wrong with me, she's like, what's wrong? I was like, well, Dallas Fan Expo just announced the It reunion. And she's like, oh, but that's great news. I was like, nah, that's, it's cool. She's like, well, what's wrong with you? I said, I got about nine text messages from promoters calling me an asshole for not bringing it to them. So it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But to, to, to go back what Dom said, or what Dom asked, Dom, I think that that, that promoters want to want what's going to sell tickets at this point, right? Yeah. There, there's a new bottom line of sell tickets, sell photo ops. Uh, if I could sell enough photo ops to pay for all of the travel that I had to expense on that one person, then that person's a viable person to have at my show, right? I don't know if they all always look at who the fans want to meet versus because to them that's me and the talent making money but it's not them making money well i right? think a lot of the lot of the promoters that are real fans they'll take those weird clients that they want to meet yeah you know? yeah, yeah. Well, of course yeah um, but i'll tell you sean you should have seen the shit that i got from people when i brought michael c hall to to monster mania 
I mean, the, 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 the emails that I got and the text messages I got from people, blah, blah, blah. We booked so many of your people. Why didn't you bring them here? And the reality was that's the show that I pitched to him and he didn't have to get on a plane. And I said to myself, I did a private signing with him and I really want him to do a show because I know he would kill it. How do I make it the easiest possible scenario for this guy to not say no to a show? Dave came up to bat with what the guarantee had to be because, you know, Mike didn't know one way or another what he would make. <clears throat> um, and he didn't have to get on a plane. He just had to get in a car for two and a half hours and come down from the city and come to the show. And and that's what it that's essentially what it came down to. There wasn't any you know magic theory. Dave didn't. I mean, I got people saying that Dave was giving me a kickback. For what? I'm going to make enough money at this show. I always to, love that. Yeah. To, to feed a small theory. family for a year. I don't, I don't need. I don't need a kickback from anybody. Yeah, you know? I, I love that shit too. I mean, I remember there was the rumors that I was part owner of Walker Stalker, or I was getting some sort of kickback from them. It's like, man, I was making plenty of money with that. I didn't need a kick. <laughs> you know, that whole show was practically my people. I was killing it. I didn't need a kickback. So, so um, Dom, it, it, it sucks sometimes, Don, when you know someone is like a really good guest and that the fans really want to meet them. And then you pitch them to a promoter and like, well, they're not going to sell any tickets for me. So, you know, yeah. why, why, have them, why have them at the event? I get it because it's business. Um, but, but it, it certainly doesn't make it any less disappointing, you know, and then at the same time, that client showing you, look, all my fans are asking for me on Twitter. Oh, I know. Why aren't I doing this show? I know. Like, I know my decision. Yeah. It come, doesn't come down to us, but you know, it, it does fall on us because we look like we're not doing the, we're not doing the job. Yeah. Like we're not getting them the gigs that they, that they should be getting, which sucks because again, you know, like Sean said, a lot of these people are I'm close to. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we we exchange Christmas presents and we call each other on birthdays and, you know, we hang out with each other. I mean, a lot we don't, too. But but, you know, so it, it it's it's tough to tell some people sometimes that ah, the promoter just doesn't think that, you know, you're the best fit for the show, you know, but, you know. If and you that's the catch 22. That's the catch 22, because literally what you just said, that we're not the best for their show. But if we say our client's not best for their show. We're the yeah. assholes. I, I told one client, I'm like, go out and become Thanos and then we'll show them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, go out and get on Stranger Things and then we'll yeah. show them. We'll Be in the next Marvel movie. We'll say, yeah, gross. sorry. They're, they said that your show is not big enough to go to. We'll yeah. Well, then there's an interesting thing you just said there. Go out and get on Stranger Things. Then you get the certain people. I've had two of them who landed a Walking Dead gig, who landed a Stranger Things gig, and they thought they were going to just kill it and they ended up maybe the characters weren't very likable maybe they yeah. they their part just didn't resonate with the people you know i mean let's face it in the stranger things world the kids make the most money you know the adult actors with the exception of like harbor or something or one owner if she ever did one you know the adult actors not even coming close to those kids you know yeah. Um, yeah, I, Jake Busey's my boy, but when he got Stranger Things, he thought he was going to need a security guard to walk with him through the airport, you know? I mean, I'm not kidding. Uh, same thing when Xander Berkeley uh, got Walking Dead, you know, he could not believe that Tom Paine had this insane line, but his, you know, with all his credits, you know, why he doesn't have a line and 
I'm like, dude, look at him. You know, the guy's beautiful. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why that's why he has a line, you know what I'm saying? Uh I mean, but and and the fact that his character was one of the most popular ones in the comic book, you know, I mean it's you just never know. You never know. It's not a sure thing. Getting one of those hit shows isn't a sure thing. One of the dudes that Juliet just stole from me, that guy okay who was on Cobra Kai and Walking Dead. That's two insane series. You would think his line should be out the door, right? Whatever reason his characters didn't gravitate to people. You know, it didn't it didn't it didn't resonate. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's all it's almost all based on character. I mean, they don't know the actor personally unless yeah. they have some insane social media, <clears throat> you know, and it, and, it, and it also comes down to it's not always the biggest actor. I, I've had this conversation with all of you that, you know, if someone came to me and said, hey, God, you know, we have a we have a great actor for you. We'd really like you to bring Meryl Streep to Comic Cons. I would be like, that. Yeah. Nah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, what you going to sign for, though? I mean, the, the, I don't see the line for Silkwood around the corner over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's like Jason Patrick. You know, I was the first dude he talked to. You know, I he you know, he booked like three shows with me and canceled every one of them. We never worked together. But I had a conversation with him and he was pitching himself, you know, Academy Award nominated, Rush, Alamo, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, no, nah, bro, Lost Boys. Boys. and 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 he's like no but i got all these others i'm like that's awesome lost boys that's what you're gonna sell you yeah. know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's academy award winning it has to resonate in that weird little bubble that little box of the comic-con fan yeah. you know and i think i even told him because he he was complaining to me because the the power ranger chick was his friend and that she was getting a bigger guarantee than him and i said yeah She's a Power Ranger. That's yeah, Power Ranger is all, but that shows a joke. I'm like, yeah, but not in this world. Yeah, you know, she's everybody. She was everybody's first crush in the '90s, apparently. I'm like, bro, in the Comic Con world, she's a bigger star than you. I hate to break it to you. I I had a client. You didn't like hearing that, so that's why I think it didn't end well with us. (laughs) I I had a client that had dozens of credits, and we were together, and we were at a we were at Monster Mania, and I had the Shining Twins there. And he was beside himself. He goes, I don't get it. What Their line is outside and people are waiting outside. They were in one movie for 30 seconds. And my response was exactly this. I'm like, yeah, but that fucking 30 seconds was the shit. Was <laughs> I, was, I was like, you're going to remember them for the rest of your life standing. Iconic. He asses down that hallway. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's iconic. It, it, I, well, it I know we're, we've been going for a while here. I know you guys probably wonder we're going to wrap this up. I did want to, there was, a couple other things I want to touch on. Sure. One one thing, if you guys, I'm just curious, have you guys ever had to make a moral decision about working with a client? Like to like for example, I had to make the decision that Ted White had to stop doing conventions. Like I, I had the talk with his wife and 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 I said, look, I think he shouldn't do them anymore because he was, I could tell he was getting disoriented. He was lashing out at fans because he'd get disoriented. Um, it was not a good environment for him to be in, you know. And have you ever had to make that decision or have you been offered somebody that you thought this person shouldn't be at a convention, you know? Has that ever, just, ever in been? That, just in that aspect, like of that or moral story as in like? Well, okay, it could be a more, maybe, uh, maybe they're, 
you know, they've had, they've got some dirt, some dirt that you know about, or, you know, that's out there. Let's like, for example, Gary Busey shouldn't be doing conventions clearly. Okay. Um, but somebody made a moral decision to book him, you know? Yeah. You know what? Um, yeah. I, um, you know what? Yeah, I, I did. I, I don't want to use names, but yeah, you're right. I, I worked with somebody who was a fucking alcoholic Yeah, and I love like, dude, generally I'm not even bullshitting you, man. I, I know, I know people feel different ways, man. I've literally changed who I am over the past couple of years, dude. We're all the fucking same, dude. We all bleed. We're all shit, whatever. We're all the same people. Some people just have me more popular than others. Right. Yeah. But in my eyes, no matter who the fuck you are, you can't treat people like shit. Yeah. I had true story. I had Ron Perlman tell me one time, at one point, you're going to get to a point in your career where you're going to not need those headaches anymore. And I had a client who was, yeah, I, I don't, I've never seen people like that because I don't surround myself people. I don't surround myself with people like that. Mm. And I told myself, I go, fuck this dude. I don't, I don't need this shit. I don't need the, and you go and you, we all do this. We go and we put a client in X amount of shows and we go, we're making X amount of dollars off that X client this year. Right. We all do that. I said, is it worth losing that money? And I said, yeah, it is because it's a moral decision is it's like, you know, birds of a feather. Yeah. Right. Plus I mean, that, that person reflects on you. Exactly. Yeah. Fast forward to December. When I had a promoter come up to me, I had Bob Stein come up to me and was like, yo, what the fuck? Because somebody walked out of their photo op, somebody left, did this shit, embarrassed my company, embarrassed me. If you embarrass me, you embarrass Gilbert. Yeah. You know what I mean? And made us look like fucking assholes. And I don't like like looking like that. Some people strive off of looking like an asshole. No, no, I don't want that because I want to be able to come back to a show. I want promoters. If I ever hit you, any of you guys up and say, hey, can you introduce me to X? He's a good guy. I want to be able to say, you guys be able to say, you know, Fred's good. Don't worry about it. Mm. You know? And, but to make that moral decision. Yeah, man. And it, and it was easy because you go, nah, I don't, I don't need those fucking headaches. I don't need yeah. that. Don't, you know what I mean? I don't need someone being a fucking making me look bad. Yeah. So. There's, there's been people I wouldn't work with because of their, their habits that, that would obviously, um, spill over into you know either they wouldn't even show up they're passed out in their room they wouldn't show up the next day at the table um i mean there's people i've seen that i don't work with that i that i'm like this guy shouldn't be here i mean tom sizemore that's one that i that i that guy that guy shouldn't be at a convention he he, he needs to be in a rehab But it's no, a it's a I mean, it's a reflection of you. Like if you give a shit about your company, if you really do, yeah. If you genuinely give a shit about your company, you go, I don't want this to look at a reflection of me. You Plus, you don't I mean? you don't want to exploit somebody. I mean, yeah. somebody that is like you see, I see some you know like they're sitting at the table, going, oh, oh, you know, and they're like, sign there, sign there, oh, you know, and they're like that dude doesn't even know where he's at. You know what I mean? I I don't I dude that looks like elder abuse that looks you know i mean dom not to throw it back to you because you have well, elderly people you do but, but, but have you have you experienced that with anybody that you thought that maybe hey i think their time is almost done at these because of just health issues yeah i had i, I had one client that i really liked um but i noticed like he started like 
forgetting what airport he was in if he had a layover. Like he was forgetting where to go next and he was getting like really forgetful. Yeah. And I got a call with his wife and I said, you know, I, I said, if he still wants to do these, cause he was still like healthy. He was still like enjoying the conventions. <clears> and I said, he has to do these with, with someone. He can't travel by himself. Yeah. And she said, there's nobody that can travel with him. And I said, well, then he shouldn't be doing these. Yeah. So because he's going to end up getting injured or getting lost somewhere. And, and I said, I don't want to work with him anymore because he's a liability. He's a liability for me. He's a liability for the promoter. And I stopped working with him. And then maybe a year later, another agent started booking him. And that con where I wasn't even his agent, I was there with other clients. And his wife called me and she's like, he left his, he left his uh, suitcase at the airport. Can you arrange somebody to go get it? And I said, I said, I didn't book him in this. I said, I don't work with him anymore. Yeah. And, you know, wow. And, well, and I had a, like a year later. I had a situation. You said he died. Can you say who it is? I mean, since he's oh, gone. Art LaFleur. Oh, yeah. Art LaFleur. But, like, I had a situation with Ted White um, where I had already had this conversation with his wife, and he was done. And all of a sudden, he pops up on, I see on fucking Facebook as a new client of Chris Majors. <laughs> I'm like, I called Chris direct. I go, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You don't know the condition this guy's. Oh, I called him and he said he wants to do shows. I go, yeah, probably wants to go fucking skip through a field too. You know, he's no condition to be doing it. Take him off now. I said, this is coming from his wife. You want me to have her call you? Take him off. You know, it's I, I, that really pissed me off. I was like, bro, you have you have no idea what you're dealing with. You know, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't I don't have anybody like that that I felt that couldn't do shows now i've seen people at events that i thought wow they really shouldn't be here uh um you know people that i thought that had dependencies i'm not gonna because i mean some of them it's probably public knowledge but i'm not gonna stick it out there but i think there were some people that were i i observed at shows i'm like wow they're man they're fucked up they they probably this is probably not the best environment for them yeah them especially in. people who have substance abuse issues and are trying to get clean or something conventions are not a good place to be uh, i mean no. some of them are fucking amazing actors you look yeah. at them and you go you're fucking amazing just get it together you know and, and then you go, go like i said not man, to speak ill of the dead but like michelle nichols she should she should have stopped doing cons like five years before she stopped no yeah. i mean you, you guys you guys can ask dave hagan once but i had a legendary encounter with michael madsen in in when i booked him into monster mania punts valley 2013 13 yeah, like 2013. Yeah, he was just a disaster. I mean, he was just the biggest mess I've ever seen in my life. And at the end of the show, I was like, this, this, this ain't for you, brother. I mean, it ain't know, for you either. That's the yeah, thing. Maybe, like... maybe this is more regulated on a movie set where they tell you you can't do that stuff, or maybe you take it more serious making a movie and yeah. you don't do this type of stuff. But I, I can't be part of this anymore. Well, I mean, you know. Like soon as I not to I'm not trying to sabotage anybody's shit, but like soon as I saw Bam announced for a bunch of shows, I'm like, that's a dude that should not be at conventions. Is that you know Bam yeah, Margera punching, punching his agent and shit, <laughs> and he's still getting booked like, by him. But like but, but busting glasses over his face and shit. Oh, is it? Is he really? Yeah, I think it was Bam. No, he he broke a glass bottle over his. No, face. no, no, no. I know that. I'm saying it's oh boy, still booking yeah, him. Yeah, I think oh, so. That's yeah. what I meant. I I thought he went I, to somebody else. No, but Plus, but the yeah, thing you, is, you, hit me, you know, he he's trying supposedly trying to get clean, 
Which you want, though. Like, yeah, I want that for him. I'm just saying. These guys, you see these, I worked with, like I said, I worked with this guy that I, I genuinely like this dude as a person. Like I said, I genuinely try to have some type of, not friendships, but, you know, relationships with these people. All three of us here, all four of us, sorry. We all go to dinners with our clients. We go hang out with them. We maybe have lunch. We sit in the green room where we're face to face and we have to have human interaction. You go, this person's pretty cool. You know, like granted, I'm their agent and I'm not their friend. I'm, you know, some you do make friends with. And but the ones that really <laughs> make your life a living hell, you go, no, I'm good. That's yeah. where you go give them to the, you know, the Chris Lewis's of the world and stuff. You know? just, like, just you a go, quick funny story. He's still in jail, isn't he? Do they, so, yeah. do they get Wi-Fi in jail? I don't know if they do. Huh? They get Wi-Fi can you in listen jail? to this in jail? Yeah, can they get Wi-Fi in jail? Can I'm sure he subscribes to the channel. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, you also think about like people that aren't mentally fit to be doing them either. You know, I mean, yeah. there's, well, I mean, Rick, you did a signing with, with what's her face. Um, Shelly Duvall. I mean, I mean, is she somebody that you think should be out there at a convention? No, no. I mean, you know, 1000% no. And it's funny that that, that came really fast that, that uh, I'll, you know, cause I know we on time here, um, that came up recently. Uh, because Shelly is in a new film. Um, I don't remember the name of the film, uh, but but she, she's doing this very, very small part in a new film. I believe that they went and filmed it maybe at her house. Let me tell you something about Shelly Duvall. Shelly Duvall is a very, very sweet person. She's super nice. She's genuine. She has feelings. She... She has great memories of working with some of the biggest Hollywood people there are. Shelley Duvall was a massively successful person in Hollywood. She had her mm. own studio. She was producing and writing all those fairy tale theaters and working with the biggest people on the planet. Um, but Shelley drifts off into places that I don't know where she's at sometimes when she goes to them. Mm -hmm. And my fear for Shelly at a convention, which I know that this individual that was made this movie was actually looking for shows to bring her to, to help promote her, his movie. Seriously. Yeah. And promoters reached out to me. They're like, Hey, you know, Shelly Duvall. Well, why don't you bring her to a show? I was like, I wouldn't bring Shelly Duvall to a show. And they're like, Oh, you know how much money you make? The money is of no consequence to me. Yeah. Because what would happen at a show is that Shelly would go into one of these moments where she is not um, the word I hate to call it not normal. Uh, it's just a different place where she's at. And I know what would happen. Everybody take their cell phones out yeah, and they'd be they'd recording her. Oh, look at Shelly Duvall lapsing into a state of like, you know, a paranoia, whatever is going on. And I would feel so bad for her when all those videos started getting posted. And I'd feel so guilty because I like her so much. There is no amount of money that would make me book her at an event. <clears throat> because I think that for 60% of it, she would be totally fine. And then something would happen and it would really go downhill super, super fast. And it's the filmmaker that's trying to book her? The filmmaker, yeah, he had reached out to a bunch of different shows, including Dave Hagen. Um, uh, and and I believe, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to talk about this guy because I know it will be here for six more hours. I, I don't have the, the the best relationship with Bill Philput anymore because of just some business stuff. And, and I'm not going to go into it. But 
but I still like Bill. I know you know Sean, but I still like Bill in you know in a in a way. And if Bill called me tomorrow, I would probably still do a little bit of business with him at some of his shows. I don't dislike him in the least bit, but he knows that I know Shelly. Give it time. And, <laughs> and 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 he reached out to me, and he's like, you know, after not having he reached to out what time. He was like, what do you think about this? I'm like, dude, you don't want this at your show, man. You don't want this at you your show. You know event. what, though, man? You know what? I think some promoters do. Oh, no, no. Trust oh, me. They're the no, no. If you were a promoter bro. at a horror convention, fuck uh, yeah, you'd want Shelly Duvall. Bro. No, 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 no. I'm not saying they want Shelly Duvall. Go ahead, Sean. What were no, I was about to say, that's the dude that would want it at his show. There's because, certain promoters because that go. Because all he cares about is, like getting people through the door man if he can put even if she doesn't show he can put her on that website and sell tickets he'll sell it to the very last second and go oh she's crazy she didn't show up because she's crazy like there's a promoter internationally that we work with rick that he genuinely likes that stuff he likes the (laughs) he likes it though he's tight he's like you let know, me cut, we, let we, me cut back in there though, because because Bill was definitely listen whether it was not real or whether it was real, he was concerned about her health in the yeah. messages he was sending to me, and he said to me, "Do you think this is a good idea?" Now again, the <laughs> he was the concerned about could I get sued <laughs> in any way for this? Because if, if I can't, that, if he was thinking that way, he didn't say it to me, and all I said to him, I was like, "Dude, it's not a good idea for Shelley." And it's definitely not a good idea because Dude. if her brother saw her book someplace, his bro- her brother would get in somebody's ass someplace because his brother is sort of her conservator and protects protects her in a way. You you can't get her on a plane. You it's impossible. You can't get her on a plane. The woman hasn't traveled since 1991. Any place that's where, outside where she lives, where she lives, she lives in Texas. He's doing a Texas show. I know, but I'm telling you, she she ain't gonna come there. I would feel real bad. I would sit there. I wouldn't get in anybody's business. I wouldn't chastise anybody for booking her because I get what they're trying to do. They think it's in their best interest, but it's not in Shelly's best interest. And she's a wonderful, wonderful person that I've had amazing conversations with about The Shining. Like I can tell you stories. We could have, say for another podcast with Shelly where she's told me stories about The Shining that I don't think anybody's ever heard before mm-hmm. that are just awesome. And, and, but then five minutes later, it's not a lucent conversation anymore. And yeah. I would, I would think people would film that and exploit that. And, and of course just, they like would. Doc, just like Dr. Phil did where he, he didn't try to help her. He just tried to exploit, Oh, look at this celebrity that's down on their luck. And to be perfectly honest with you, I mean, putting her in a movie right now is probably a little exploitive too. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how he got it done personally, but I mean, you know, maybe he just went to her house and filmed it, but, but uh, you know, and maybe it'd be good for Shelly. I, I don't know how it's going to be depicted. It's got like Edward Furlong and somebody else in it. And th- that's my answer on Shelly Duvall. No, I would not book her at a show. Someone could give me a hundred thousand dollars and I would say, I'm not going to put, and that's the honest truth. I swear. I would, I'd be like, I'm not putting her in that position. She's too nice of a person. Just, just a quick, funny story. So I wrapped Yafet Koto for a while. <laughs> I'll tell this because he's gone too, and he was an interesting character. He was, he, yes, he was. He, he ruined my alien poster. <laughs> well, that's because you were talking about Sigourney Weaver, and he was a bigger name than her. Like he said, he did a con with her, and his line was wrapped around the building, and she was sitting there. But he wouldn't okay. fly; he would only take the train to conventions. So, look, if I, if I booked him somewhere in New Jersey, he would sit on a train for three days from L.A. 
he wouldn't fly because Obama had a hit on him. <laughs> Obama would bomb the plane. And I said, well, wouldn't he have like three days to hit his target on a train? I said, you think they can't bomb trains? I said, on a plane, he'd only have five hours and he'd be there. And he goes, no, that's not the way the CIA works, Dominic. But anyway, we had, I worked with him for like seven shows and we had a lot of fun. Like, you know, I, I still liked his work. We had a lot of good memories. But this last show that Recording. I had him at, he was just too, too, too crazy and too snarky. And I just, I was thinking in my head, this is it. I'm done. So at, yeah. at the show ended on Sunday and, you know, I counted him out. I paid him and he goes, so I don't think I should work with you anymore before I could say anything. And I said, <laughs> really? Why? And he goes, there were so many actors there that I was bigger than that. And their line were longer than mine. He goes, that's your fault. And I said, my fault. And he goes, you're too white to represent me. <laughs> well, you got and that said, part right. I mean, you're pretty sorry. Right. And he goes, you don't know how to market black actors. I like Yafet now. He's right. And I said, and I said, well, tell me, Yafet. I said, how do I market black actors? And he goes, you got to hire supermodels that are black to walk around the convention with, a, with holding signs with my face on it. And he goes, you got to go into every KFC within a hundred mile radius and put an ad up saying Yafet Koto's in town. He goes, he goes, you just don't know black people, man. You're just too white. And uh, I said, okay. I said, take care of Yafet. Here's your money. And then I then I went back down to the bar. I, I, Scott Wilson was at that con, and I went down to the bar to meet Scott for a drink. And the first thing I, he said when I walked over, he goes, "Man, you look whiter than normal. Is everything okay?" <laughs> and I was like, "Why? Why is everybody saying I'm so white now?" Because you live in Pennsylvania, dude. And yeah, <laughs> and you know that was my last con with Yafet. He, I, I, think, I don't think he ever did another one. You know, I think he passed away Jeez. maybe three, four years after that. But but. uh but the stories from that guy, I mean, he was just, he was a character. But yeah, I've never been told I was too white to represent somebody. I hope somebody tells me I'm too Mexican to represent them. That'd be great. I you, know, so. you know, re re real quick, I I asked, me and Lance Kirkland were doing a signing with Shelly Duvall once. And I asked her, I was like, hey, when was the last time you saw The Shining? And she's like, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I'm like, wow, it's that long. She goes, She's like, what's your favorite scene? I said, well, I said, I really, you know, like everybody, I really love the staircase scene. I said, that's an amazing scene with you and Jack. You look so desperate and he's so crazy. And he's just, you know, you know, Wendy. And, and she's like, yeah. And Lance was like, would you like to watch it, Shelly? And he pulls it up on her phone, on the phone. And Shelly's staring at the screen. And she says every line on cue at the right part in the movie word for word from the time she's at the typewriter to backing up the stairs to when she hits him with the back. And I look at her and I'm like, I thought you said you haven't seen this movie in like 25 years. And she looks at me. She's like, when Stanley Kubrick makes you do it 250 times, you remember that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, good, uh, good, uh, good play. You know, with Ted, we, he had moments where he got confused and then he <laughs> get angry and, and it was, I mean, he got to the point where none of the girls that worked for me wanted to sit with him because yeah. it was, it was hard. You know, it was, he would start, I mean, he would literally be like, somebody would go, Oh, could you put Jason part four or whatever? And he'd be like, what, what, what could you put Jay? What? Get the hell out of here. And he'd yell at him. And, and I mean, and we'd, we'd have to, 
go to the fan and we give them their money back and go, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. This it's nothing personal. You know, he's, he has these moments he's old and we, and it got to where well, that was happening a lot, man. And it was just, it was too much, you know, I must've and, got him when he was okay. Cause I had him sign a Starman poster at a convention where I don't collect a lot of autographs, but I love the movie Starman. Oh yeah. I had him sign that and I forget what he wrote. He wrote some quote underneath it that he said, you know, in the movie, uh-huh. um, but uh, he's a super sweet guy, super nice. It guy. was all, he was great, man, but you know, <clears throat> he'd have those little moments and, you know, it's unfortunate, but um, anyway, well, let's wrap this up. I'm going to, I'm going to end it on, uh, give me, I want to hear from each of you what your personal favorite convention is, not most moneymaker, your personal favorite one to go to. Let's say your personal favorite. Give me a top three favorite shows to go to. I want. Let's not get into which ones make you the most money. Which ones you you like going to the most? Just out of curiosity. All right, Dom, you can go first. <laughs> um, well, I like Monster Mania because it's, it's twenty minutes from my house, so I don't have to get on a plane. <laughs> Can't be that. <laughs> I like Horror Hound because Nathan is probably my favorite personal promoter to work with. Because- which which show do you prefer? The Cincy or Indy? Cincy. Yeah. Yeah, Cincy. And, you know, I mean, I call Nate just the bullshit about movies. And, you know, sometimes we'll talk for two hours and won't even mention business. Mm-hmm. He's the only promoter I can say that about, that I have that relationship with. So in that aspect, I'll say Horror Hound. And I like Chiller. You know, I like, I think Chiller Theaters, you know, old school. It's very unique. Yeah. It's like the only convention like that. Um, You know? Yeah, I like. I would say those three. I mean, I love Texas Frightmare and you know a bunch of the other ones, but those three for me. Rick, um, my number one favorite show to go to is Facts in Ghent, Belgium. Yeah, I love that city. That that's the if if any of you guys and I'll hook you all up with Neil over there who runs Heroes uh, um, Easy Fairs conventions. Ghent, Belgium is literally the nicest city with the nicest people, with the greatest food and ambiance. It's like Arendelle. It's, you know, from Frozen, like the city of Arendelle with cobblestone streets and castles. And we stay in a castle, for Christ's sake. I'm telling you, man, that city is the nicest, one of the nicest European cities I've ever been to. I love it there. And the promoter is second to none as far as European. She is the most professional and nicest person on the planet. They do a show in Amsterdam and in Spain yeah. and, and they're just awesome. So that, that's definitely my number one. And just because of the locale, just because of the location. Mm-hmm. Um, second would probably be Denver comic-con. Uh, Cause I love Denver. Mm. I love the mountains. I like to go, you know, around the city and stuff. I just like, I just like the, the city. Uh, it doesn't I'm, matter. I've never done it. It's my first year. This this year is my first time doing Denver Comic Con. Believe it or not, it We're always sure fell. Around. It always fell on the same weekend of an of a Walker Stalker show, and they always just wanted Norman. So I never could get kind of in there. You know. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a tough show to get into when Christina Angel ran it and Pop Culture Classroom, but now it's a Mon show. So yeah. Um, and my third would probably be Steel City Con in in Monroeville. Yeah. I like the show. I like the the setup. I mean, it can be chaotic sometimes at times, but that, you know that's fine. Um, I like the event, and and I got to add that a cl- really really close fourth is Rhode Island Comic Con. Hmm. 
Um, Sean, I remember the very first Rhode Island Comic Con. It was me, you, and Fred Westcock, who who repped all the Batman people. We're the only three agents there. Wow. That's it. We were, there was no other agents at that very first show. We, we like to call the good old days. Yeah, and now Fred's <laughs> dead. So, so no was, Freds, no Doms. No, Fred, Fred Westcock is now dead. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was just us three. We're at the very first show, and and uh, I just I like that event too. But but if I had to do a top three, I, I would say you know Fax, Denver Comic Con, and then Steel, then Steel City because I just I, I like Pittsburgh sort of now. Mm-hmm. Fred. If we're doing just like destination fun and, and like I said, a mixture, number one's always been Salt Lake because I love Park City. Yeah. I love Park City. Like, dude, if I had like when I got up and moved to Colorado, I just wanted out of Texas. I love Miss Texas, but mm-hmm. I wanted something different. And I don't know if I've ever even told you, Rick. It was Keep between going. I can still hear you. Yeah, it was between it was between Salt Lake and Colorado Springs when I was moving. Like it was between those two, but because I went to Colorado Spring or Salt Lake so much because of the shows when he had he was doing two shows, I almost moved there, and then um, Colorado Spring. Have enough lives. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you want to know? You want to know what's a bitch about uh, Salt Lake? You cannot find a normal three bedroom house. It's expensive there. No, but everything's five bedrooms. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything is five six. Like I've never knew you could even look for seven bedroom houses. Like <laughs> you know. Um, all right, yeah, so Salt that, Lake's number one. What's number two? Dude, Vancouver. Really? Yeah, because I, have you been to Vancouver? I, I love Vancouver, but I, I mean, Vancouver, it's just, it's to get there. Yeah, been there. it's Vancouver. Don't ask me if I've ever seen them, but it's literally a Hallmark video. It is a probably one of the most underrated cities. It is beautiful. It the is one of, amazing there, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. It is one of the most underrated, like, you know, in the movies when they got the little prop planes that land in the water and shit, they literally have that. So Vancouver, definitely, like I said, mine are mostly destinations because I'm like, you know, single and shit. And I actually love to travel. And number three, because I'm I'm up there with Steel City. I've always genuinely liked Steel City because I've said this before. And, you know, it's it's there's no other way to say this. I've I've told this to Gilbert a hundred times over. If I could do a show every single weekend, that should be another question. If you could do a show every single weekend, work-wise, I would do Steel City because it's ran a certain way. It's the ambiance, just everything is just ran a certain way. People are really nice, too. The Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania people are nice. Yeah, like it is. It's not like Philly. Sorry, Dom. But (laughs) I I, I live in Bucks County. I don't live anywhere near Philly. And I I hate Philly. I know you fly out of Philly, but yeah. yeah. But like, it's just a certain one where I go, this is the least stressful because people don't realize what we do is when we do these cons sometimes in these mega huge giant convention centers, when we got to get on a go-kart and go 20 minutes around the, you know, and the panels over here and the photo op, that makes your, that makes us. And then we have 10 people or 13 people. You're running, you know, that, that's part of the work-wise of why I've liked Steel City. Granted, we all have busted Bob's balls about that hotel. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, but and if, it, and if it wasn't that one, Dublin, because I love Ireland, man. Ireland is just, I mean, you were there, Rick. Is Ireland's great. I was there. Ireland's amazing. Yeah, you were there too, Dom, yeah. yeah. I've, way, never, yeah. I've never done the Dublin show. Dublin. I haven't done the show, but I've been to Ireland 
Yeah, I've gone in between. I did back-to-back Andy Cleek shows. I did Manchester and Wales, and me and Marty and his son went to Ireland for the four days. Dude. Yeah, we both did. That's when I almost died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was. Well, you went to Switzerland. I went. Yeah, I went to Switzerland. <laughs> um, it was. I mean, Ireland was like everything that you ever thought it was going to be. It's like trapped in time, you know. Yeah, man. that is. So, what that are your three favorites? I would go um, number one, Horror Hound Cincy, just because I really love that. I love that venue. I just think it's such a cool, unique uh, venue. Um, and and just the fact that, you know, like Nate's one of my closest friends and uh, that whole group I'm so tight with. It's just, I mean, I even go in two days early just to hang, you know. Um, I always have fun at that one. Um, can't really say much for the city. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, number two, I would say Steel City. Um, I do. It's a fun show. I like Bob a lot. Um, there's a vibe there that it, 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 it's got it's got kind of an old school vibe that I, I the vendor they have. All, I always buy something there. Like yeah. nowadays I walk through a show floor. It's all the same shit, pop figures Pops. and all that. But they always have some good vintage dealers at steel city there's some cool stuff um and uh also i dude being the big huge movie location nerd i am i'll fucking go over to the donna dead mall across the street three times a day i'll go there and eat at lunch i'll go to the food court you know yeah i go to that little noodle that 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 like japanese noodle place you know um i love that place uh number three Gosh, um, you know, I I would have said Frightmare, but you know, it's a new location this time, so I'm a little nervous. You know, it's gonna, it's, uh, you know, I I always dug the vibe of that hotel. I mean, it was tight as fuck, but it had a vibe, and I'm I'm hoping that vibe isn't lost on the new location. Um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know, I mean, uh, it happened. It happened with Horror Hound, Indiana. It did. It did for sure. It did. Um, and, uh, I mean, it was still a very successful show, but the vibe was not nearly the cool vibe it had. Um, and I've talked to Nathan about that a great deal. Um, Salt Lake. I, I agree with you. I like Salt Lake a lot. They're really good people. And I mean, you, you have a hard time finding a nicer hotel. They, you know, the fucking, Grand Americans, Grand dope. Grand yeah. Um, you so, always tell people never take them there for their first show. <laughs> That's true. Spoiler. I've told every client that Dom never take. They're like, oh, "What's the good show?" I'm like, "I'm not gonna take you there. We'll go down the line." And that's where I took Thomas in uh, Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he'll be, I told him that I said, by the way, don't expect all hotels for conventions to be like this one. Yeah. Is the, get your expectations way too high. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, those are probably the ones, I mean, I hate to travel and I'm not much of a, um, outdoorsy. I hate flying. I hate flying. I hate flying. And I hate I, doing cons in Europe for that reason. Yeah. Oh, I hate doing cons in Europe because of how they rape you of all the fucking yeah. percentages. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be like, you gotta be like a, you know, you gotta have six eyes at those shows. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole nother podcast right there talking yeah, about. I mean, hey, you know, I, I want to do them, uh, but it's they they don't make it easy. 
I'll say that. He made $676,000. Why did I get a check for 18 cents? I understand. Well, <laughs> you know, you got cuts and you got VAT and you got splits. Wait, I'm splitting with the gardener of the, <laughs> of the hotel? Yeah, they got to get 10% too. <laughs> yeah, an honorable mention, I'd say I, I really like Monster Palooza. Because it's, oh, it's, yeah. It's very I unique with the props and, you know, the cool displays and it's it's a unique show. Yeah, if I was going off of shows and but I mean, yeah, I mean Monster Palooza, Creepy Con, and uh uh Midsummer Scream here in California are all really cool shows with cool shit and great great people that run them. Um see, see you guys, you and Dom are more of collectors than me. Yeah. I mean, me, I, I don't I don't go out into the area and look for stuff to buy. No, Fred really doesn't either. Yeah. You got you guys. I mean, look at the back. Look at your back. Me and Fred's background. Look at your guys' background. I mean, you guys collect what, shit. You what know, is that behind you, stuff. Fred? Is Conan stuff and whatnot? But and I might buy a might buy a pinball machine. But that is oh Robert England. Okay, it's Robert England. I got uh, uh Robert. One of my buddies was like the biggest. Um, I don't know what they call him nowadays. Tagger artist in Texas. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude named Suit. He's like insane. Did well, one. I have. I just Years have Marty ago. Cove at my desk. <laughs> Santa Creek, Santa Cobra, Santa yeah. Creek, just hanging yeah. out at my desk. That's it. Yeah, and then I got uh Mark Hoppus, Tom Along, Tom Along, and then Travis Barker. You know, so yeah, but uh, mine, mine's all sports shit. I collect sports stuff. Like my man cave that's out there, it's all Chiefs and Wolverines and shit, Barry Sanders and Tim Duncan's and stuff. It's all like that. That is my gnarly shit, but. Mm-hmm. I got a couple posters in like a Travolta Pulp Fiction and the back. They have a lot of movie props from Conan, but they're all, I don't keep them in my office. They're all out in my, my man cave area. So yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) We got that big ass house. Now you can put everything in there. (laughs) You got John Milius chained up in there. That's right. I just, I I just redo scripts for him. I keep them. I think, give me ideas and read me scripts. No, it's funny. Very cool. All right. Well, um, I appreciate you guys appreciate you guys coming on. I hope we've shed some light into some of what we do and what we deal with. And I don't know if I don't even know if people will sit through this shit, to be honest with you. We'll see. You might have to <laughs> trim this bad boy down to like it was three hours essentially. You yeah. might have to drop it down somehow to two and a half. I don't know. Yeah. How yeah. long does your podcast usually run? Two hours, you know. Right. So I mean it, it, yeah, it's funny. People will will just sit there and put this shit on while they work. You know, that's so. what I do. Yeah, yeah so I think, I think oh, oh, lately a lot of attendees have been have been interested <laughs> in this kind of stuff. The back end of cons, like it seems like more yeah. and more they're they're interested. Yeah, in I've been asked to do a few. I just fucking. Yeah. You know, I just kind of always turn them down. I've been asked. I'm just like, ah, fucking. Well, I, I think I think fans are. I know we got to end this, but I, I think fans are interested in the how did you get to this point piece of it? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, why is Ewan McGregor here? Why is he $200 for an autograph and $200 for a photo op? So they start looking into it and, you know, and, and, and again, that's what some of the fans don't realize that, you know, obviously this is a business, so there's, there's payment involved. And, and each of those actors has a different variable that they have to get paid and no promoter wants to lose any money yeah. And they know how much they can do in an hour or two hours or three hours or five hours or whatever. So they have to figure it out how they could not lose money. You know, it's not always ego and, and greed, you know, and when they see that, 
you know, the Undertaker is $200. Oh, the Undertaker wants to buy a new car, so he's going to a show. The Undertaker has an expectation of how much money he's supposed to get. He has a time frame in which he appears in. You have to figure out how much he can do in that time frame and price it appropriately. And that's 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 the way it is. I mean, you know, now and, uh, again, and slow. He's already dead. You know, you I, I go back a... to the I go back to the days when when I get it. You know, you used to be able to go to a show when people were ten dollars. I got David Carradine at Chiller Theater when the tents were out there and he charged twenty dollars for an autograph. And I was like, man, David Carradine, this is awesome. And then, you know, Matthew McGorhey was right across from him from from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. And he was like 10 bucks. And then I go there and spend a bunch of money. And now it's more. And but but there's also the expectation of making more. You get bigger stars that, that command larger amounts of, of money to do it. It's when it's, I first started driving, gas was 75 cents a gallon. Yeah. If, if fans don't like it, go be a sports fan. And go to some of those shoes shows and see how much that is. The the punter for the nineteen seventy two Dolphins is ninety bucks for an autograph yeah. on a picture. I mean, don't even ask how much Patrick Mahomes is, man. Tom, Tom Brady, a private signing, twelve hundred on an eight by ten. Name yeah. a celebrity that's a twelve hundred dollar eight by ten. Not even Robert Downey Jr. was that. Not even Robert Downey Jr. was that. Nobody was that. There isn't yeah. a celebrity on the planet to be that much. But Tom Brady. You know, Brett Favre is seven hundred at a show just to walk uh, up and say, "Can well, you sign my football?" Schwarzenegger charging. Schwarzenegger buy a Schwarzenegger autograph for five, four hundred bucks, five hundred bucks. I think at the cons he was three hundred. Yeah, oh, I thought he yeah. was more than that. No, yeah. it was like three hundred bucks. No, I, I think I think a Stallone was five hundred, wasn't he? Yeah, that was the most that I ever saw anybody at at, a, at an actual show. At an actual yeah. show was was I mean the the Schwarzenegger thing was twelve hundred dollars, but you got a photo and an autograph. And you got to say goodbye to Apple because he went out of business because of it. And all of that was included in the package. Plus, <laughs> he's a long name. That's a lot of ink. You know? uh, so that's a whole other podcast, though. Yeah. You know, the one question I think I get asked the most by people that you guys probably are sick of, and we always like, oh, is the, hey, man, how can I get into this, get business? In this business? Or or how could I work for you? Or how could, yeah. you know. You can't and don't. There you go. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, perfect, you can't get into perfect. you can't work for me and don't get into it. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I'm to the point where I, you know, when people ask me, can I be an assistant for you? I'm like, bro, you want to be an assistant for me? Go make friends with Rachel. If you can make friends with Rachel <laughs> and Rachel thinks you're okay, maybe you got a shot. Because That's a death it, wish. Well, that's the truth, man, because I it's to the point where those girls got to get along. If they don't get along, forget about it, you know? From a real standpoint, I'll always ask people, are you a huge – like, what are you a huge fan of? And they're like, oh, man, I'm a huge fan at all. That's why I don't want you. Yeah. I don't want huge fans. I don't want people going off and doing photo ops with people. And, hey, man, can you watch my celebrity for a minute? I got to go get a photo op and three autographs. That's why I got the same four people that have worked for me and with me forever. And those are the only four I need. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, Rachel is kind of like that, but at least she, she knows how to be professional. You know, yeah, she's yeah. a fan. The fan. I don't want anybody from being a fan, but yeah, I don't want to hire fans either. So uh, where can everybody find you guys on your socials or your websites or whatever, if you want to promote anything. 
or if you don't want anybody to follow you at all, that's cool too. Peace out. <laughs> I, I I only have a Facebook page, Iconic Ink Management, uh, mm-hmm. and I have a website that's really just for promoters. It doesn't doesn't do anything but show who I have as clients. Well, some um, fans but- might be interested in seeing who we rep, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they can go to iconicincmanagement.com or on Facebook. Pretty easy. I don't do any of the I don't do the Twitter and Instagram and stuff like Only that. Fans. That's for that's for Mr. Mancini at Full Empire. He's the he's the, the social Only media fans. guru over there. Yeah. Now that's primetime appearances. Gilbert runs I run pretty much the Facebook. Gilbert runs everything else, man. But yeah, primetime appearances. But yeah, if you get retweeted or liked, it's mostly Gilbert, not me. Yeah, my Dumb. full empire promotions dot com and that's on instagram and twitter and facebook and everywhere else all right guys all right, boys. thanks, thanks again night. i will see all you guys uh soon yeah, okay take, take it easy all right dudes later later guys